Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening, and go Cougs. We love Tuesdays, but Tuesdays in a game week, that's something, that's next level stuff. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, welcome to the Wise Guys. This is no ordinary Tuesday. You can actually feel it, right? Yeah. Can you not feel it that it's game week? And, and you and I had a chance... Um, to visit with Kalani yesterday. Well, we visited with a lot of folks yeah. yesterday. We were over in the football offices doing some interviews, and and uh, we, we had a chance to spend significant time with Kalani and with Jaron Hall, and you can just feel their anxiousness to get to Saturday and their excitement about it being game week. It's like a whole new whole new ball game. We both and have interviews with them for uh, on our Game day. Yeah, our game, game day show on Saturday. But we also ran, ran into D, we ran into D'Angelo Mandel, and he yeah. seems to be keyed up. And we saw Peyton Wilgar, and we um, we, we saw uh, Barrington, uh, Clark Barrington, yep. the preseason All-American offensive guard. And like, We ran into a bunch of the guys yesterday, and everybody seems to be in a little different mindset than they were a week ago when yeah. we saw them. Now that it's game week, they're pretty pumped. We just finished uh, one of our the best after further reviews. Uh, over on BYU TV, um, Jaron Hall in the spotlight. We had six minutes of Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney highlights. Um, some questions about those guys heading into Saturday. We'll talk about a bit later. But Dallin Holker, we talked about him. We talked about Peyton Wilgar. And I, I, I was especially happy with the highlights and the discussion we had about Chris Brooks, which everyone can see on the BYU TV app anytime, anywhere that you have Wi-Fi. So after our show tonight... Uh, you can go over there and see what we're talking about. But watching Brooks run 70 yards on a handoff last year. Was that against Stanford? I against yeah. Stanford yeah. for Cal. It got me thinking that he's going to be able to do that a lot with this offensive line. Yeah, he's a, he's a great combination of size. So he's bigger than Tyler Algier. He's like 6'1", and he, he's probably 235 pounds, really. And uh, But he has great speed, great agility. You see him make cuts. And to watch him in that run you're talking about against Stanford, he goes 70 yards and just outruns everybody. Finally, a corner yeah. runs him down, one of the fastest players on the field. Yeah, with this big physical offensive line in front of him, I expect that Chris Brooks is going to have a great to debut game this Saturday against South Florida. Hey, we welcome you on Twitch at ysguys.com and also on YouTube tonight. Um, we got a big show. We'd love for you to get on Twitch and uh, sign up for a free a subscription which allows you to chat with us. Mm-hmm. You can ask us questions. You can ask our guests questions. And uh, it's a global give and take, this uh, Wise Guys yeah, operation. I, I, like I'm looking at some of the comments already, and my favorite so far is uh, 1010 for Eva. My work is not getting the best of me this week. I can't even <laughs> sleep because it's game week. It is game because week. Because it's game week. So. Here's our tease for tonight. Week one, we're going to look at BYU's newly released depth chart and see if there are any surprises. Yeah, and, well, we'll I'm not going to say. Yeah. There's really not very this many This is surprises. a tease. It's really not. We'll tease it, but there's really not very many surprises. Hey, how about the Dominator? Brandon Doman, um, he's going to join us live in just a few minutes. His three keys for Jaron Hall's success on Saturday in the opener. I love it. The thing I love about Doman was he was an option quarterback at BYU, mm-hmm. and so he had to throw and run. 
And and Jaron has the ability to throw and run. Mm-hmm. And and I'm curious to see from Doman his advice for Jaron to stay healthy while he does that. Yeah, he he's got a great perspective too because Brandon played the position, played in big games. Um, and, but he also coached quarterbacks at, at BYU, and now he's a dad. Now he's a, now yeah. he's a dad of players. Like his his son, uh, I ran into Brandon not last Friday, but the Friday before at the Sky Ridge game. His son is uh, big time corner at, at Sky Ridge High School. So he's he's playing. We got op- a Doman playing defense. Yep, he's playing opposite Snowden. That's the two corners up there. How about that? A Doman and a Snowden. Hey, Papa Snowden's going to be on the show next week. Yep, yep. So pretty fun. So yeah, Brandon has got a unique perspective. Um, from inside and outside of BYU's program, and a really unique perspective on quarterbacks. So we're going to talk to him all about his expectations and his advice for Jaron Hall. BYU reveals its uniform color configuration for Saturday. We'll show it to you. Do we like it? I like it. I like it. We'll show it to you. It's, it's clean, yep. and, and it's yep. one of my favorites. Hey, Sarah Watson, the alumni chair in Tampa, will join us live with all the activities going on around the game on Saturday. So whether you're traveling out, or you are coming from that the greater Tampa or Florida, anywhere in the southeast, um, we're, we're going to have Sarah Watson tell us what's going on with the alumni and all the BYU folks down in Florida. What's cool is she got on the alumni Facebook page and sent the word out about Wise Guys. Yep. So we welcome everyone from the great state of Florida and in the region to our show tonight, and we welcome you back every week. NFL teams finalized their rosters today. There were cuts for some Cougars. We'll roll those out. And, and this is this is the biggest cut. Of of the um, of the NFL preseason going in because they have some small cuts leading up to this, but but this was the final day cut where they get to the fifty three man roster. Um, so most most teams were cutting almost thirty guys. Reminded me of the uh, Brian Adams song "Cuts Like a Knife." Yeah, it, yeah, and was, it's no it's no hurt. fun. So so yeah, that's not good. Hey, women's head basketball coach Amber Whiting is going to be right here, sitting next to me, right there. In just a little bit, live in studio with us. Um, we're excited to have her. She's getting ready for her first season following in the footsteps of the legendary Jeff Judkins, our yeah. good friend. And uh, Amber, you know, a former player down here. We love our superheroes tonight. We'll let you vote on which BYU football player fits the yep. best yep. superhero. You may or may not agree with what, what we thought, but that's okay. That's okay. That's why you That's can, why you, you chime in. Yeah, right? you say, so, hey, you guys, that, that's... That's not a Thor. You guys are yeah. up in the night. Well, and Dave and, Dave and I are going to roll out our predictions for college football's first big weekend of the season. And there's some big games. Yeah, so we'll roll those out. So. All right. Hey, we want to let you know about something on our YSGuys.com page. If you go to that, and um, just above the heading, uh, DJ, can we show that graphic right there? If you go to that and you type in your name and your email, that signs you up for a uh, weekly email from us with highlights from the show. Some people don't have two, two and a half hours to take in the show all at once. This will send you highlights of our show once a week. We won't give your email out to, to anybody else. Um, and, uh, and it's free. Yep. It just takes your name and your email address, and you're in. Yep. And Dave and I joined up, and we get the emails. Yeah. Wait, do we? <laughs> we, get, we get emails like, hey, be here at yeah, that's 530. Right. Actually, time. DJ and Jackson Jackson, they they email us, they text us and say, "Did you remember we have a show today?" Of course, the we call in the middle of the night. Today. They have no right. protocol for yep. any of that stuff. Let's exactly. do our countdown four days until the season opener at South Florida. I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> that countdown used to be so big. It's, it, I know. We we start when we started this whole thing. We we started that countdown, and it was a lot of days. It didn't seem like it was ever going to get here. And yeah. the the reality of it is. It's Saturday, 
And we actually had college football last weekend, which kind of got yeah. me in the groove. I was, yeah. I was feeling it. So Utah State won, BYU's opponent. Had a good game. Um, so got behind and came back. How about 11 days until the home opener? Till number 10 Baylor comes into Provo and plays in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Baylor's tune-ups against Albany this weekend. Yeah, don't make fun of upstate New York. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying that's, that's who they're playing out of the gate. No, I know. What, what's their nickname, Albany? Um, what do you got up there? Remember? I don't even know what they are. It, it, let me just tell you. Like Catamounts? I grew or, up I there. I, we played against some of the high schools. Like I remember playing South Colony High School, which is up in Albany. We, we taught them a lesson. The Elmire Free Academy Blue Devils taught the, you bet they did. the South Colony <laughs> you bet they did. Um, team what, what it's all about. But I don't know. The colleges I followed all around me, Syracuse, which is just north of us, um, Pittsburgh, just south of us, Penn State, just south of us. And then I got recruited by Rutgers, but I didn't really follow them. Yeah. You made the right choice. Yeah. How about you know 32 head, days? The 30... head coach was named Frank Burns. Frank Burns from MASH? That's what I kept thinking. I couldn't, <laughs> he would come to the house. I couldn't take him seriously. Was, I was his like, athletic hey. director something hotter? Like, hey, how's Hot Lips Houlihan doing? That's all I could think <laughs> no. of. I couldn't, I couldn't go play for Frank <laughs> Burns. Are you no. kidding me? No, but I'd like to have seen that. Yes. So October's 32 days away. In October, we're going to get the first Big 12 schedule. That's why that's on yeah, the countdown 32 list. days until we get that schedule. All yep. right. Awesome. So how about our NFL countdown? Let's do it. Nine days until the regular season opener, the Bills versus the Rams on NBC. NFL. Nine days. Like our whole weekends could be taken up now with, with nothing but football. I got our fantasy football draft done in our family, and so we are good to go. Yep, it's all good stuff. 12 days until the Falcons and Saints. That's 12 days until Tyler Algier takes on Taysom Hill and Danny Sorensen. And, that, and that's for real, too. So yeah. it's not like, hey, it's a preseason game. We'll see who plays or how much they play. It's a for real game. I, I have a suspicion that after this preseason that Tyler Algier is going to be in a regular rotation and have a big impact on that team. Yeah, and we, are, we, are, that. we already know that Taysom is going to have a big impact on, on, the, on the Saints. We'll see how he does at tight end and yep. how much yep. they're going to, going to move him around. That's, in a, that's just in 12 days. Yep, that's, a, that's our NFL countdown. So. All right, so it's BYU South Florida. Let's put up the uh, jersey that uh, we're going to see the Cougars run out in to kick off the 2022 football season the last as an independent i love that look yeah it's the it's a clean look it's the all whites with the navy accents navy numbers white and navy um uh background on the helmets uh, it's a, it's a clean clean look i i really like that look i really like that look and you know what on the road in the heat white's probably good yeah i think i think the lighter you can be the better and i think white maybe reflects the sun a little bit doesn't soak it in like if you're wearing dark and so I think I think it's a smart choice for the weather, and uh, and I and I do love that look. I think it's the cleanest look they have. A lot of folks chiming in tonight. Hey, my shirt. Uh, we're working on our audience in Ireland, so you know the Wise Guys is a global live stream. So McCann Proud is an Irish. I don't know, reference, but that's what it is tonight. I found it in my closet. Okay. Today. What is mine? I think oh, McCann's. I'm just it. representing the BYU. We sponsor. got it at a reunion or the something. BYU sponsor company. You're going Nike, and I'm going because you know going. we're reaching out to Ireland. All our everybody needs to know all of our clothes are sponsored. <laughs> that's right. Like, we don't wear anything that somebody didn't give to us. Doctor Ketch, we were waiting for you to get here. It's about time. I'm yep. sure you've had a long day, but thanks yep. for joining the show. Everyone else, say hello. Let us know where you're watching from, and and you can visit back and forth with each other, and and we will do the same. Yep. And hey, hey, ten ten for you that can't sleep this week. 
says, I don't care if they're wearing the, the bibs. Let's play ball. <laughs> you remember, didn't Brandon Doman wear the bibs? Yeah, he did. We'll ask him about oh, that. Oh, man, those were the most hideous. You know, when we were 12-0, and 0, the bibs didn't bother anybody. They bothered me even then. <laughs> those were the most hideous uniforms <laughs> ever. Yeah, well, they it was somebody's idea. Who came yeah. up with that idea? Hey, Med- Medward's with us again this week, coming in hot and heavy from Idaho, he says. The All BYU-Idaho right. division, so... Good. Good to have you here. BYU's an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. Is that too much? I, I, think that's about, I think that's about right. Hey, um, and is it – I can't raise it. Taya Teu? Am I saying that right? Looks like it could Ta- be. Taya Teu says they're heading down to South Florida. What should they wear? Well, to me, if the team's wearing white, you can match that, right? Yeah, wouldn't, take wouldn't an you, umbrella. Wouldn't you match that? Yeah, there's a chance of rain on Saturday. But, but you match what the team's wearing, right? Yeah, except – you know, Royal always looks good. Royals look. You, you, hey, you, you're not going to lose with Royal Navy or White, but I'm we, I'm. we encourage a shirt. I'm feeling like yeah, we encourage wear a shirt. Wear a shirt. You pick, but just wear a shirt. I'm feeling like if I was going, I would wear white, just because I think just like the team, it'd be cooler in that sun. <laughs> so there are going to be some, some surprises because of the new faces that Kalani was talking about. Yeah, and it's it, it's an interesting one. Um, when you and I had a chance to visit with Jaron, we talked about that a little bit with him. And you can see the whole, you know, all of that interview on Saturday uh, on our Countdown to Kickoff. It's actually now called Sport. What, tell me what's BYU called. Sports Nation Game Day. BYU Sports Nation Game Day. So it's game day. I gotta yeah, we're, get, we're getting I, used to that. I got to get used to that. But um, he reminded us that they had a little bit of a slow start in that Arizona game last year because Arizona's defensive coordinator was a brand-new D coordinator, yeah. and he was coming from Michigan. And so they had looked at – in fact, they had looked at his last couple of places where he had been a D coordinator – and said, okay, this is what he, this is his staple. This is what he does. So they, they prepared a bunch for that. Then they got in an Arizona game, and they didn't do any of that. And so this was a young offense, if you remember. Mm-hmm. A lot of new faces. Puka Nakua was a brand new face. Tyler Algier was kind of not, not, not the veteran that he became as the season progressed, right? Kind of new on, new on the scene. And then, then you have uh, a brand-new starting quarterback in Jaron Hall. And so it took probably a quarter for them to – adjust to what they were doing and yeah. figure it out. Now, so th- this year, do I feel the same thing's going to happen? F- first of all, the defensive coordinator that's coming, he's been a defensive coordinator for a long, long time. Um, and and he's it, it's his name is Bob Shoup. Right. Last year he was a defensive analyst at Miami, and the year before that he was a safeties coach at Michigan mm-hmm. in 2020. But he was the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State for a couple years, at Tennessee for a couple years, at Penn State for a couple years, at Vanderbilt for a couple years. He doesn't like to stay at a place. He stays a couple of years. It's a right? couple of years, but, and he's But he's good. been in coaching. He's former head coach at Columbia years and years yeah. ago, a Yale grad. So there's a lot of film on what he likes to do. And let's say he goes into South Florida and goes, man, I can't do anything that I've ever done before because this talent is just different, which I don't think is going to happen. Now you have a very veteran quarterback who's played a whole season. You got a bunch of veteran offensive linemen. Um, I, Brooks is new to the system, but but Puka's coming back, and Gunner's coming yeah. back, and Hill's coming back, and so all of a sudden you go, oh wait a minute, they're not running what we thought they'd run, but they're running what Washington State ran against us last year. You guys remember how we attacked that? Or you know what? They're running exactly what USC ran against us. So you remember how we attacked that? There's just more of a point of reference for this offense and so much more experience, it's not going to take him a quarter to figure it out, even if it's a complete surprise. So new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, Travis Trickett, who's the new offensive coordinator. First season, he was the receivers coach at West Virginia in the last three years. Um, so, yeah, who, who knows? I, 
their their head coach, Jeff Scott's in his third season, he's an offensive guy. So while Trickett may have some influence, I don't think there's going to be a major change. I think they're going to run what Jeff Scott's comfortable with, and that's the spread, and then they run a lot of uh, run-pass option stuff out of that spread. So I think BYU's defense knows what to expect. Offensively, they may have to make an adjustment early, and I think they're yeah. capable of doing that. So. Hey, our, our first guest tonight knows all about opening weekend and making adjustments. He quarterbacked the Cougars in 1999 and 2000, leading BYU to that fabulous 12-0 and start. But he did it differently than his predecessors. Brandon Doman ran the option, meaning he threw for touchdowns, he ran for touchdowns, and he handed off to Luke Staley for a lot more touchdowns. It's a pleasure to welcome this former starter, former quarterback's coach, former offensive coordinator at BYU, Brandon Doman. Brandon, welcome to the Wise Guys. Great to have you with us. Hey, guys. My pleasure being with you. Thanks for inviting me to come. Hey, Hey. let's jump right into it. What are your three keys for Jaron Hall on Saturday? Man, Dave's just getting right at Let's it. Let's just get at it. No chance to settle it. It's like, give it to us. Give us three. Just give us three things that Jaron has to do. Well, I, there's so many things. I mean, to narrow it down to three, but I've thought about that, and I think for a veteran quarterback now that's been at it for a long time. I mean, this is a guy that's watched Zach Wilson plays, had a full season of playing time. He's um, now coming into you know this year. I, I think number one, I'd like to see a. Uh, him start off with a game that's really, really clean, no turnovers. Um, I think we should see a quarterback that's got a high percentage of completions, particularly um, as it relates to moving the chain. So I always said to the quarterbacks, especially guys that were veterans, completions, 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 equal first downs, which equal touchdowns. So I'd like to see a high, a high com- rate of conversion on third down and then red zone scoring. Um, the best quarterbacks that I know or that I've been around um, convert on third down and they score in the red zone. And this BYU offense is going to have to do that this season. And I think if he can start off quick by um, keeping the ball out of the the, the defensive hands, and then BYU's done a great job. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Roderick has done a phenomenal job of that. So no turnovers, convert third downs and score in the red zone. If they can start off that way, I think we're going to have a great season. Question, question about scoring in the red zone, Brandon. I, there's a big difference between teams that go down and when they get in the red zone have a high percentage of the scores being touchdowns and not settling for field goals. It seems like there's some teams, and some that BYU's even had in the past, that seem to be able to move the ball. They get down inside that 20, they stall out, and they kick field goals. Is that on the quarterback to make sure that those conversions are touchdowns and not field goals? 100% and the play caller. I think the play caller has a significant impact on that. Uh, the quarterback's ability to navigate in that critical area, but in, you know, some quarterbacks just have a, a knack and kind of a, they they taste blood when they get down there and they score. And uh, I would like to see Jaron in this season um, be completely dissatisfied with anything but a touchdown now, granted, you know, field goals will be great, but but I think that this is a type of guy because of the way he can run the football, as much experience as he's had. He's got big, tall, physical receivers and good tight ends, a powerful run game with these linemen. They need to score touchdowns in the red zone this year in order to be the team they're capable of being. And we were talking about, I don't know if you caught the end of that conversation we were having as you were coming on, Brandon, but the fact that this D coordinator um, is brand new. 
this year. So they they have a plan for what they think he's going to do. He's been a D coordinator like at six different places. So they probably have a pretty good idea. But Jaron told us earlier this week they went into that Arizona game last year and Michigan's D coordinator was now Arizona's D coordinator and he didn't run anything even resembling right. what he ran at Michigan. And and Jaron said it, it took us like about a quarter to figure out how to go against that. Are, are they better equipped this year if South Florida comes with something completely different than they were last year, do you think? Yeah, because he's seen well, how, how many games as a starter now. I can't remember what it is, but we're in the teens, you know. And, and I would have given anything in the world to have gone into a year like this having had that many starts, you know, have, have this kind of experience behind you. You've seen a lot of live bullets. And if the quarterback's seen it, it should slow the game down for everybody. Let's go to August 25th, 2001, mm-hmm. which was the uh, first and only season opener that you started at BYU and started a tremendous season that year. What did you do to calm your nerves before you took the field for your first season opener? Nothing. I was, <laughs> I was, yeah, I mean, I was bursting at the seams. So I was trying to think of anything I could possibly do, but that's just my personality. I couldn't wait to get out there. And to the coach's credit, when I played, they knew that they had to do something early on in the game to, to shake some of that. So get me into a quick early speed option or a quarterback draw or some kind of a rollout where I could run. And, and rather than have me drop back and stand in the pocket and throw the football, it was, I was not effective doing that until I'd had an opportunity to, you know, sink my teeth into, into playing a football game. And so is it true and, that uh, it, it takes a hit to get going? A quarterback wants to for, get hit. It either took a hit or it took me, you know, get rolling out into the pocket and, and, you know, being on the run and shake some of that out. But, but to have me just drop back and try and throw something straight, that wasn't going to happen for a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, for me, it was, it was, you know, get me out and get me into the groove a little bit and know what the first five plays needed to be in the court. And Gary Crow did a phenomenal job of that. He knew exactly the first five or 10 plays. How do we get Brandon going? Not for me when I was coaching, I kid you not I, we were looking at the quarterback thinking all right what gets this guy going how do we get this guy into a groove and how do we start him fast yeah. and so much of the first five plays had to do with getting that guy going well you threw for three touchdowns and ran for another one and Luke Staley had three touchdowns just scored 70 points so you know something, whatever it was worked something out something got you going <laughs> you know you when you mentioned you you wanted to maybe run it downfield or get outside and 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 be in a in a rollout situation to kind of get you going and so you can get a feel for the game. Did Gary or any of that staff at that time, did they ever talk to you about, Brandon, you need to get down or you need to get out of bounds. You can't, you can't run and lower your shoulder. We need you out there. Were those discussions happening with you? Because I, I don't remember you getting down or getting out of bounds very much, frankly, Brandon. You just kind of ran into people. I know. I, I learned the hard way. The third game of the season that year actually separated my throwing shoulder against uh, I think we were playing think Utah was, State or I, I thought it was UNLV we were, down in in Vegas. I, that was the second time. Okay, second time. Oh, so man. yeah, I did it. Tw- I did it twice in the same season. And um, but I, the one that called me on the phone was Steve Young. He called me and says, "Hey, bud, I learned the hard way. Can I help you not learn the hard way?" And <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just didn't, I didn't learn from what he was trying to tell me. But he did. He called me on the phone. And he said, "Hey, look, I know you're hurt, and you're a dummy." don't be a dummy anymore and, and learn how to protect yourself a little bit. How do you do that? Cause Jaron has very similar skills to you with his ability to scramble 
and run and and throw. Um, how can you be elusive and mobile and at the same time stay healthy? It almost seems like it's one or the other. Well, college and NFL football have, have migrated in that direction. And so quarterbacks have to have to really work out and strengthen their shoulders and strengthen their joints. And, you know, when uh, Blaine played, <laughs> I don't think the quarterbacks lifted weights. Now, Blaine does now. But Wait, no, what are you talking about? Oh, he does now. I used to lift That's with the D-line. Sure. Jim, Jimmy Mack had the triceps of a of Thor. Now, Robbie, yeah. let's not even let's not. Yeah, there you go. Let's not talk about. Go. Let's not even talk about that, Brandon, because that's, that's not. A, I was I was doing cleans one day in the weight room, and my quarterback coach Robbie came running. He's like, "What are you doing? Yeah, get off that platform." <laughs> but it, uh, Brandon but and Brandon that, was a lifter. I got to say, he was a lifter. But Robbie didn't have anything to do with that. No, nonsense. he had nothing no, to do with no. that. So I'm being I'm teasing a little bit, but but I do I do think the quarterbacks have to get into great shape. They have to get strong and, and they're gonna take some hits because of the way the offensive schemes are today. They but I, I also would say that Coach Roderick has done a good job with Jaron. As I watch him, he does a good job of getting down and protecting himself and not taking unnecessary hits. So I think Jaron's got experience that way and I think it takes time. You have to give them live reps in that setting and practices and scrimmages and just teach them how to get down and get out of the way. You know, you you had Luke Staley in the backfield with you, which was was pretty amazing. And then guys like Reno Mahe, I just saw Reno out uh, at, at the game that you and I, you know, out at that Sky Ridge game. It's fun to have Reno out there coaching yeah. Yeah. Um, your, your boy yeah. out there and that, that group together. Yeah. But Reno catching passes downfield. Jaron's got Chris Brooks running the ball now, the transfer from Cal. He's got Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, Keanu Hill, Isaac Rex downfield. What do you think about these weapons that he has around him right now? You had some pretty good weapons, but, man, it seems like he's got even more of them. Aside from the guys I played with, <laughs> yeah, this is as good as I've ever seen. They're so good. I mean, they're so talented. They're tall. They're fast. They, they're ball catchers. Um, and the list goes on and on. You didn't even name all of them. And there's more of There are more guys that you didn't even list. And so – I think for Jaron, and I learned this pretty quick with Luke Staley and Reno and Doug Jolly and some of the guys that we had, and um, let them play, put the ball in their hands and let them go. Um, and I, you know, we ran the option, but I knew that the option was was only a decoy to get Luke the ball. If I could get the guy to bite on me and pitch it to Luke, we were way better off than me running the football. So Jaron just needs to know um, that there's a time and a place for him to to do what he needs to do. But but if he'll just get the ball in these guys' hands, put the ball in a catchable place, don't overthrow, don't overthrow these guys. They're 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 big, tall receivers. Put the ball in an area where they can go make plays on the football and let them play. And chances are, um, you, you know, it's not a 50-50. I think chances are these guys are coming down with it. It's more like a 70-30 shot, these big bodies. It's interesting. Brandon says, aside when he played, but you think about the guys that Brandon played with, so Luke Staley, if he doesn't get hurt, is probably a Pro Bowl level running back. Brandon was an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, Reno Mahe was a NFL running back and kick return guy that was really, really good in the NFL. And Doug Jolly was a high level tight end with yeah. the Raiders in the National Football League. So this, all the skill guys on Brandon's team were NFL guys. That's how you get to twelve and zero. All and, of those the skill 10. guys, right? <laughs> no, it's right. It's right. And and we had uh, Spencer Need and Gabe Reed were the backup tight ends who both played right. a handful of years in the NFL. So, 
and the offensive linemen played. <clears throat> we were we were packed. We and Ryan Denny and Brett Kiesel were on defense. We had a really good football team. So if you want to win, then recruiting is the lifeblood of of your success without question. So you're so saying you need you players. To, well, and, you got to have players. You got to have guys. And when I look back, see, and it's, it's interesting <clears throat> we talk about that because I look back and I think about Brandon's team and injuries down the stretch to Brandon and to and to Luke limited us a little bit that year. But the all these guys we're talking about. NFL guys on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not surprising that teams started out 12 and 0 before the injuries took took their toll and that they were ranked as high as they were. And and now we fast forward to this year and I'm looking around the field and I'm going that's an NFL guy. There's two NFL offensive linemen. Brooks could be an NFL guy. Jaron could be an NFL quarterback. Pook is an NFL wide receiver. I kind of feel like Brandon since since your time this is a team that maybe from a town perspective has the same number of guys, and d- does that translate to wins for this team? We had eight draft picks <clears throat> that played. <clears throat> excuse me, we had six six draft picks that came out that year, and then a couple underclassmen that were drafted the next year. So, you know, if you got eight NFL guys on the grass at one time, which is what is the case for these SEC teams, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> the Big Twelve teams that they're going to be playing. They, they have eight guys on the grass that, that are going to be NFL draft picks. So we, we, and we can have that. We didn't name one guy that didn't come out of the grass I mean, out of the Midwest. You didn't name one name that, that, that BYU didn't have a shot at getting and recruiting right from right out of the shoot. So BYU can recruit those guys and uh, they're BYU guys anyways, and they're NFL guys. And, and we got it. We have to land those guys in recruiting in order to succeed uh, and develop them into NFL type athletes. And, and right right now, I think you're right. I think they're there on the offensive line across the, there's some linebackers and, and the list goes on and on. I think you're right. Former BYU quarterback and offensive coordinator, Brandon <laughs> Domans on the wise guys tonight. You went 14 and two as a starter, including the last two games of Lavelle Edwards career, one at home against New Mexico and the following week up at Utah. So how cool was it to be the quarterback that got to send Lavelle out with Two emotional wins. Uh, unbelievable. <clears throat> I've told you know, anybody that that I know that, that watched those games that um, I'm not naive enough to believe that it wasn't a significant blessing and impact. And it has had a massive impact on my life. It's changed the course of so many things. To get to be the quarterback at BYU, one, is significant opportunity. Two, to get to play for Lavelle in his last two games as a starter was unbelievable. And then three to be able to come from behind and that, and that setting up in Salt Lake against Utah and have a come from behind win in his last game, frankly has had a major impact on, on my life. And, and it's, it yoked, you know, it, it kind of yoked me and coach Edwards in a, in a unique way. And, yeah. and uh, he was a dear friend for many years afterwards. And um, he, and, you know, I, I'll be able to, take that with me throughout the rest of my life. Some of those, those intimate moments of what took place at the very end of that game and in the locker room and just knowing that I got to be a part of that was phenomenal. I, I want to know what the conversation was like, if there was any on that in the huddle on that last drive on that game winning drive. What was, what was that? What was the mentality? What was being said? Who was speaking up? Take us through that. Yeah. Well, you, as you know, playing quarterback, and if you walk into the huddle and your offensive linemen are locked and loaded, particularly your center, um, I had a guy named Jason Sukanik that played center. 
And uh, he wasn't the tallest, he wasn't the strongest, he wasn't the biggest, but uh, he was a phenomenal leader. <clears throat> and, and he and I were able to see eye to eye in what we were doing out there. And I came out in the huddle uh, and, and he was sitting in there. It was, he was communicating and I was communicating. And the, and the message was, there, there's no way in a million years we're not winning this game. And even with, it was fourth and 13 and I got in the huddle. There wasn't one guy in that huddle that didn't think that something was going to happen. That's a pretty, pretty calming reality. But if you get in, if you get in the huddle and guys are freaking out, losing their cool, or looking nervous, that was not the case in that huddle. And I think a lot of it had to do with um, what we had earned together, and we had earned the right to get in that huddle together and feel confident. Um, and it just was, you know, there's no way this isn't going to happen, and this is what we, this is, this is what we owe to Coach Edwards right now. We're going to make it happen. So look, so you take the you, a couple of bombs to Pittman, which were crazy, yeah, unbelievable. And now you're at the three yard yeah. line or so, and and you run to your right, and you're going to keep it, and you fight through a couple of guys, and you cross that goal line with the football, and the place erupts because there's a lot of BYU fans there. Um, what's the first thought that comes to your <laughs> mind? <clears throat> that you did it, or what? Well, the first thought was. Um, just unbelievable um, emotion and gratitude for that moment. I remember just running straight to the BYU fans because in that corner of the end zone, and I don't know if it is the case today, but it was always, as I was grew up as a kid and they played at BYU in the, in the uh, <clears throat> Southwest corner of the Rice-Eccles stadium where they put the BYU fans. And I just got up off the ground. And I ran right to them and, and felt like I needed to celebrate with the fans because <laughs> They didn't give up there, and and I just felt like I was one of them. Felt like I was one of the BYU fans living a dream, and <clears throat> and there we were. You know, I'm raising my hands, and there the fans are, and I just felt like I was in a fairy tale, and wanted to celebrate with them. And then my, my teammates came. Funny story that happened is I scored that touchdown, <clears throat> and I ran to the fans. A fan jumped out of the bleachers, <laughs> and, and 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 you guys may remember. In I remember stadium, this. <laughs> There was like a 12-foot drop-off from the metal, from the concrete wall down to the ground. A fan jumps off and met me in the end zone, and we headbutted. And it was the fan, no helmet, me helmet, and it was my older brother, Bryce. (laughs) (laughs) My older brother, Bryce, who played at BYU, he jumped out of the the bleachers and met me, and they they handcuffed him, I think, and walked him right out of walked him right out of the stadium but he left he, in handcuffs so, with a concussion yeah, he was out he was out of the stadium that's the awesome. at that point, <laughs> oh we, my we won the game it was pretty pretty surreal moment you had you had two dramatic wins over utah the the finish in salt lake city in 2000 with lavelle and in 2001 come from behind victory you pitch it to luke on an option it wasn't an option yet it was an option yeah. and yeah. Then he, he he literally just outruns everybody down the sidelines 30 yards for a score with 116 to play in that game, the, the stadium went nuts because that was at Lavelle Edwards. Is, is one of those more meaningful than the other to you, those two wins over Utah? Oh, Lavelle's last game was by far the, the, the most meaningful. Not that that 2001 game wasn't remarkable. I've never been in a stadium like that in my life. I've never been in a moment where the BYU fans had erupted like that. Uh, it was, that, was, that was quite a spectacular moment. But we got to carry Lavelle on our shoulders off the field in his last season. He'd been the coach for almost 30 seasons. He had not had a losing season in 28 straight years. 
and we were we were five and six going into that game and yeah. and we ended six and six it was not a losing season we got to carry him off and being in that environment uh with him at that time um like for sure the most memorable football moment of my life what qualifies a quarterback to be the team leader what does he have to do to win the locker room I think Vince Lombardi said it best, and, and I've I've hung on this quote forever, but leadership rests not only upon the ability to lead or the capacity to lead. Uh, leadership requires truth and the purpose and willpower in your character. And um, I've seen quarterbacks that had all the ability in the world, all the capacity. Once you're a quarterback, you're instantly – given the capacity to be the leader because you're the quarterback, but it doesn't mean that you're going to lead. So truth in your purpose means it's not all about you. Um, we're not doing this for quarterback Joe. This isn't your team. This isn't all about you. And your purpose is pretty clear. It's truthful. It's you're, you're there, you're on time. You're, you're um, about your teammates you're not isolating yourself all the time, and 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 you truly are a guy that is is that they can count on. That's honest uh, in your purpose of what you're doing, and the willpower in your character. I think there's just an absolute grit in the best quarterbacks. There's this indomitable, unconquerable spirit about them. They're tenacious competitors. Um, I think also willpower in your character is is what are you doing when no one's watching? And yeah. some of the best quarterbacks, even Tom Brady to this day, who's my age. Um, when no one's watching Tom, he's still working his tail off and preparing and doing all the little things to be great. And that's willpower in your character. Um, and that's a, that's a hard thing to find and the best quarterbacks have it. That's great. It's, you know, we, our, our quarterback that, that we all know that probably was the best representative in the national football league, Steve Young, he's hall of famer. Right. So I think we can easily say that no argument there. Right. Um, I would watch Steve work in the seasons after he was all, already the MVP. He was still just like had this crazy desire that he had to be better than that, that he had to get better. Yeah. And, and he got and, better. Yeah, and, and he kept getting better yeah. and, until until concussions took him took him out of the game. But but uh, and as you mentioned, Brandon, you see that out of uh, out of Tom Brady even to this day out there. I heard I heard a story about Johnny Unitas when he was like I don't know nineteen seasons in. He was coming out two hours before the game, and he was doing footwork drills. Johnny and I is doing footwork drills 19 years right. in the league, and, th and that's what Brandon's talking about. Those guys that just get it and are great have this unwavering commitment to just getting better. Even when they've arrived, they never feel like they've arrived. So, yep. yeah, and that's that, – that's, yep. and some of these great players that come out of high school, number one recruits and all of that, don't have that. And they don't succeed. And guys like Brandon Doman. Who had to wait way who, too long well, to get who, the starting who job. Who people were saying, do you want to move to wide receiver? And Brandon's like, I'll, I'll play that for now, but I'm going to play quarterback. Right, Brandon? Or <laughs> yeah. Early in your career, That's they were right. telling you, let's switch you over, let's switch you over. H how did you just keep coming back um, and saying, I'm, at some point, though, I'm going to play I'll do what you want me to do, but at some point I want a shot at quarterback. How did you keep the grind to keep doing that through all of that? Oh, I, I think a lot of that has to do with with being the youngest of four brothers and four boys in my family, an, an unbelievable dad, um, and that it instilled a work ethic in us. And I just knew that nothing was easy. You know, you prep, 
I learned as a kid that preparation plus opportunity equaled success. It wasn't the other way around, that the opportunity shows up and then you start preparing for it. You had to always prepare for the opportunity and then you were successful. And I learned as a young kid that if the preparation exceeded the opportunity, the success could be wild, beyond your wildest imagination. And I just knew that I needed to hang in there and trust in the preparation. And you know, Lavelle, to his credit, he just kind of kept a hold of me. He didn't let me get too far away. And sometimes I was frustrated. There were times I wanted to transfer to Utah. And he just kind of kept a hold of me over here and didn't let me get too distant. And when the time came, he he fulfilled on his his end of making sure I was ready to go. And and um, I'm grateful for that. But but it truly was the opportunity arose because the two guys got hurt yeah. in front of me. It wasn't because I beat them out. They got hurt. And all of a sudden, there was an opportunity to play that that um, you know arose out of those instances. And unfortunately, I was ready to go. Lavelle was a visionary man. Yeah. He needed someone to win his last two games. That's right. And he and you know That's what right. to Brand <laughs> and to Brandon's point, and I'll give him this because I watched him through all this time. I played with Brandon's older brothers and uh, watched him in high school. Is that that preparation? If if he had not prepared at that point, who knew those two guys are going to go down? Right. But if right. he hadn't prepped right. and he wasn't ready to go, then he would not have taken advantage of that opportunity and then had had those amazing um, games that we just talked about, but also an amazing last season where, where BYU was in the national spotlight all year long. Preparation led to that. Right on, Brandon. Right? Well, I, I remember going into Lavelle's office after my junior – I'm sorry, my sophomore season. I had, <clears throat> I had just gotten married, and uh, I hadn't played – you know, but I think it was nine. I think I had nine catches as a receiver that year. I was, I was done doing that. And I went in and I said, look, coach, I appreciate everything. You've been phenomenal. I know I've been stubborn. I want to play. And so Barry Lamb has asked me to come play free safety. I'm all in. Let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to move to free safety. And he said, uh, Matt Barry's going on a mission. We didn't think he was going to go on a mission. And um, I can't remember the other quarterback. There's another quarterback that transferred. And he said, we can't afford to have you go now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I do not want to be your third string quarterback. Again, I've done that for two years. And he said, no, I, I need you to stay. And I said, well, can I be in every meeting that Robbie Bosco's having with this guy and this guy? I, I'm tired of being outside the room, outside the door, sitting in the chair and not yeah. in those intimate meetings. Can I be in those meetings so that I'm getting better? Can I be in the, in, in, you know, on the grass learning what I need to learn? Can I have some reps in spring ball? Can I have some opportunity to progress as a player so I can get better? And that's why I said that Lavelle followed through with his end of the bargain. He said, yes, absolutely. You can. And they did. They let me participate in. Um, but that was part of the preparation of, I already knew at that point that if, if they didn't allow that to happen, there's no way I could do all that I wanted to do. But if I didn't have live bullets thrown at me in practices and scrimmages, it just wasn't going to happen. And they allowed it to happen. So when, when it was time to go play, I was, I had had some different preparation in that season. See, but mo most people, most people wouldn't go ask for that. Cause here's what happens. And, <laughs> and people that don't, don't follow it close enough to be a practice. 
the number three guy runs the, uh, does a lot of the prep squad stuff. So he's typically he's not in every meeting that the one and two and they're they're given one a lot of reps, especially if he's young and two's getting most and three doesn't get reps because he's over running prep squad or he's and so you just kind of get ignored until you're the two. Yeah. And right. and so so Brandon proactively went in and said, well if. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do, but I, I, I've got to have some of this prep. And they gave it to him, and the result is what right. the result was. That's, that's an awesome story, Brandon. I appreciate you sharing that. A couple more yeah. minutes with uh, Brandon Doman, former BYU quarterback on the Wise Guys tonight as the Cougars get ready for Saturday's season opener. Now, I want you to listen to a, a list of these terrific trios of quarterback, running back, and wide receiver from BYU's past. I wrote about it today in the Deseret News you can read it at Deseret on Twitter or DeseretNews.com. So let me let, let us roll these trios out, and then I want to ask you about your trio and where uh, where they rank, where you stack we up. Gotta, he's got to rank himself. I love so it. So let's th- th- think about it. Quarterback, running back, receiver. You go. You got Gary Shidey, Jeff Blank, and Jay Miller. And then you got Jim McMahon, Scott Phillips, and Danny Plater. And then there's Steve Young, Eddie Stinnett, and we threw Gordon Hudson in there because he played like a receiver and had 23 yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, 23 tight ends for a tight end. <laughs> so you got Robbie Bosco, Lake Hamuli, and Glenn Kozlowski. Ty Detmer, Jamal Willis, Andy Boyce. John Beck, Curtis Brown, Johnny Harleen. Some These other tight ends on that trios. one too, yeah. Max Hall, Harvey Unga, Austin Colley. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Cody Hoffman. Got some record setters in there with Hoffman and Williams. Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier, and Dax Milne. All on squads right now. Okay, so here's the question. Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, and Reno Mahe. Where do they fit into that group? That's questions for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're like, I know where I'm putting you guys. (laughs) Think about it. But First of all, that's an amazing list of trios. That's a crazy list. There were some. There were some. You just named some some studs. Um, I got. I had the opportunity to coach a few of them. I, coaching Max Hall, Harvey Unga, and Austin Collie at the same time was about as fun as it could have gotten. They won more games in a three-year span than anybody in BYU history. Right. So uh, that's hard to say. Those guys. I mean, no one won more games than them. So they they were really good. Um, and then you think about Lakehe Muli, <laughs> Glenn Kozlowski. Those two guys together, that, that, that was a fun group with, with Bosco. They won the national championship. We didn't say this was going to be easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not an easy so, question. But, but, but I would say, <laughs> so now I'm going to – so that was, that was the humble answer. And then the not humble answer is no one scored more points than Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, and yes. I in right. a single season. We scored more points than any football team in the history of BYU football. So I, that's – that was pretty fun to play with Luke Staley, who scored almost 30 touchdowns. And yep. Reno caught almost 100 passes, and we scored a ton of points that year. And it had a lot to do with Reno Mahe and Luke Staley. <laughs> is, hey, and, someone and, had uh, to get on the ball. Is, is Luke Staley the greatest yeah. running back to ever play at BYU? Yes. When, when healthy? Yeah, I agree, I agree with I'm, you. I, I, I've never seen anybody like him at BYU, and I, I've, seen him, I've seen every last one of them. So uh, – either as a little kid or as a grown man, as a coach, I've seen every last one of them. There was nobody like that guy. Hey, and Reno, I, we were doing a game. We had a telestrator, you know, where you can draw out the play. And, and you threw Reno a ball down like on the 10 yard line on a, just a little hitch screen, you know, or a little, little Z screen where he, yeah. he, t- he takes two step forwards and three back and you just throw it out there. And then the tackle goes out and blocks. 
I start telestrating the play, and I'm like, look how many guys Reno made miss in 10 yards when he scored a touchdown. I and I counted them up, and I'm like, that's eight guys. And I go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Number eight was the first guy that missed him. So he made one guy miss him twice <laughs> in the course right. of scoring from the 10-yard line. Right. His unbelievable ability to make people miss and change directions was was Reno. That's yeah, I, I'm putting you guys right up there. I, you know what? I didn't even think about the fact that Max and Harvey and Austin won more games because that's isn't that the most important thing? So maybe we give them number one. You guys scored yeah. more points than anybody. Maybe we give you guys number two. How does that sound? Is that fair? I'll take it. All right. You yeah, can take, take you can take the call from McMahon, Young, Bosco, and Detmer throwing back. But what about Hall, yeah. Brooks, and Nakua? What's their potential for getting into this elite group of uh, trifectas? Yeah, this year. Well, I think it's up to Brooks. I think it's entirely up to him. I think Hall can do it, and there's no doubt Nakua can do it. So if Brooks uh, has the ability to, to do it, there's there's no doubt that they could be a heck of a trio. And, they, and they've got the most massive athletic offensive line that BYU <laughs> has ever had lining up in front of them this year. We, we don't I know agree. if they're going to be the best, but they're going to be the biggest and, and strongest group that's ever been in front of a, a BYU running back or quarterback this year. They're crazy. I can't, I can't even believe how big and strong these guys are. I, I haven't seen a line like it either. I, I've stood out there in the grass by them, and I've seen some big, big human beings. But the collective group, I've never seen a collective group like this. It's pretty spectacular. Let's finish with five questions. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Yeah, we, do, we do this every week, so you don't have to think much yep. about it. You just throw it out there. This is how I'll we get do, the, do the real Brandon Doman. So, although I think I already, you got know, it. I already know the guy. So, favorite sports movie? Hoosiers. Nice. You, that's you, right up there with Marie Osmond. That's the same as Marie Osmond. Marie said it's Hoosiers when she came you on. You can't us. beat that one. Favorite band or singer? Oh, gosh. I would probably say James Taylor. Well, going oh, old school. Man, I like that. Old so. school. All right. Okay. Favorite breakfast cereal? O's. O's? It's like the third vote for O's this yeah, season. Yeah, I've never even had O's. Maybe I'm missing something here. Yeah, yeah you got to know. You get those at regular are those, stores. Are they O's? sugar cereals? They have like sugar on them? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. They got okay. sugar. They fake you out. They make you feel like you're, you know, eating the, the natural stuff. Because for some not. reason, I thought that was healthy, and I don't want to have anything to do with If I tell my wife cereal. to pick up some O's, she'll go, hey, you've turned a corner. All right. Uh, yep. Um, fa- favorite, um, your favorite touchdown. Now you, it, so here, you have 35 touchdown passes, 11 touchdown runs in 31 games. Do you have a favorite touchdown? Of, it, it can be a run or a throw. What's your favorite? Oh, my favorite touchdown was the last touchdown in Lavelle's game where I was laying over that end zone. I could see the referee holding his hands up. By far my favorite touchdown. We're going to agree. That's our favorite of yours as well. That's That's our favorite of yours as well. All right, last question. What's more exhausting, quarterbacking at BYU and the 49ers or being a YSA stake president in the Alpine, Utah area? (laughs) What is more exhausting? (laughs) Yeah, I'm in my YSA office right now. (laughs) This is by far the most exhausting (laughs) Dude, I've had by far. In fact, I'm finished with you in five minutes. I got to throw my uh, suit on. I got my suit on. I got to go throw my suit on and get to. Got to look official. Get your uniform on is what it is. Get, hey, get to. But get is, to there, the is there anything better? I just got released after spending almost four years up on campus at BYU in a bishopric up there. And I I loved it. Working with the young single yeah. adults, is there, is there anything better than doing that, Brandon? No. I, 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 they, I'm the stake president of what they call the Alpine Utah YSA Stake, which is Alpine Highland 
Cedar Hills, Pleasant Grove, and Linden. And there's about eight, 9,000 young single adults that live within the boundary of the stake, and they're phenomenal. And I just, I consider it a gift that I got to do this. I'm just, it's been really a remarkable opportunity. And I pinch myself times. It's been a lot. Yeah. But what a cool, what a cool calling. Hey, give us a score for Saturday. Yeah, what's your prediction? I think BYU's going to score 31 points. I think South Florida's going to score 21 points. That's very close to my to prediction 21. on AFR. 31 tonight. You didn't see AFR tonight and then just say my prediction uh, on our show oh. this evening. This is genuine Doman right hey, here. Brandon, don't go with Dave I, ever because his record is abysmal. But it's phenomenal. That's what it is. I had, I had 42 <laughs> I had 42 21. I had him scored a little bit. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you'll come back and join us again down the road. We know you're busy tonight. And it's, hey, it's opening week. So we had to have Brandon Doman on Love the it. show. Brand- and what, hey, one last thing as you're going out. Is your son back healthy? Is he going to be in the lineup this week uh, for Sky Ridge? He's back. He'll be playing uh, corner opposite opposite Smith Snowden. So all you BYU fans out there, we, yep. gotta get, we need to get Smith Snowden to, to be a cougar. But, yeah, he's finally back at it. We'll play this week. We're going to have Will Snowden on the show next week. So we'll, we'll, we'll ask we'll him we'll your question. So, so we got the Snowden-Doman combo, former BYU the, the next generation starting at those corners for Sky Ridge, who's a phenomenal football team this year. So good good luck to him, uh, Brandon, and we'll we'll catch up with you. We, we're so grateful for you coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take you, care. You bet. Hey, and we got him out at 7 o'clock, as promised. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Brandon Doman, when he was running the option, it was so fun to watch. One, we've never seen a quarterback run the option at BYU. And, uh, and Gary Croton came in with, with, as he mentioned, all the tools, all those NFL guys that could run his offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they were healthy, they were perfect. They were 12-0. and 0. Yeah, and it's, it, it, when we talk about those trios, like I agree with Brandon. Luke Staley's the best running back that's most talented running back he's ever played, played at BYU. He was, he was ridiculous. The combination of speed and size, and if he doesn't have those horrific injuries, he's a Pro Bowl running back. Like, he's as good as BYU's had. And I remember talking to, to Kyle Whittingham about defending Brandon and Luke when they would come down the line of scrimmage in the red zone and, and run that option, and he would just say, um, unbelievable. Like, it's so hard to stop him. What are you going to do? You, you know, if, if you don't play it right, Brandon's going to turn it up and score. If you play it right and they get it out to Luke Staley, you're, you're going to – your first time you're going to not take a good angle, he's going to run around you and go for a touchdown. The second time you're going to overrun it, he's going to cut back, run over your guy and score a touchdown. And that's why Luke Staley, as a running back, led the nation in scoring that year. Usually it's a kicker. Not that year. It was Luke Staley. Unbelievable. And what, what a talented group. And how fun was that to have Brandon Doman on? So. Yeah. Hey, next week, as mentioned, Will Snowden will be here. Brian Keel will join us. And Kerry Roberts, women's golf coach. A following week, Brandon Ogletree, menace of a linebacker. Trent Pratt, head baseball he, coach. You just got to call him Tree. Tree. Yeah. yeah, we'll call him Tree. And Dan Forsman, five-time winner the PGA with a very unique BYU story. That's in two yep. weeks, and yep. we are can't wait. We're loaded up with great guests. I, I mentioned it. Dan Dan went golfing with you and I, and he shot thirty two on the back nine. He shot just a regular old thirty six on the front nine, but he shot thirty two on the back nine, and he made it look really he's easy. A, he's such a he good disgusted person. Me. He disgusted me. <laughs> <laughs> he sees so good. Yeah. How about Margin Hooks, Austin Collie, Ed Stone? That's coming, coming up too. With us in September. That's big time. Devin Durant will be with us. Andrew Rich, Travis Hansen will be with us. Yeah. Can't as wait. we uh, move can't on wait down to have the Travis road. on with us. Such a great guest lineup uh, co- coming your way. You know, for all of you out there joining us, we. We have a blast having these folks come on with us, and, and some of them here in studio with us when they're down in the in the 
close to our secret location, undisclosed location undisclosed. that we can never reveal. Hey, so. Sarah Watson is the alumni chair of the Tampa chapter for BYU. She and her husband, Travis, have lived in the Tampa area for 15 years. And with the Cougars coming to town, we welcome her to the Wise Guys tonight. Live from Florida, Sarah, thank you for joining the Wise Guys. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here. You're the very first alumni chair to join the show, but you will not be the last, but we wanted to start with the best, and so that's why we, we, <laughs> we called you. How pumped is the um, area for this weekend's game? We are so excited. Everyone is so excited. We have people coming from all over the country to come to this game. And so, do you, hey, if you don't live in the Tampa, so you're not part of the Tampa chapter, right? Does it matter? If you're a Cougar fan and alum from anywhere in the country, they can join up with you this weekend, right? Absolutely. We have people coming from Utah, California, Georgia, South Carolina, Nevada. I mean, it's crazy how many people are flying in for this game. We're so excited to have them. Now, your daughter is here at BYU, and the Cougars are there uh, basically at your house. The world gets smaller and smaller, doesn't it? It sure does. She's pretty sad she can't be here i just <laughs> last week took her out there she's like what is happening so it, i she's on the rock the the student cheering section yeah. oh, rock, yeah. and it's, we asked if they would send a rep if they would send her out as a representative and they said no i don't know that they have the budget for travel in the rock for the rock, rock stands for roar, mean, roar of cougars and I, i've got to tell you sarah in last year's arizona state game at home that rock I've never heard anything like it in my life. And I've been in a lot of big stadiums, a lot of cheering fans and some huge games, but that they did their job and they forced Arizona state. I think there was nine, nine false starts starts in the game. And, and so I I don't know that I've ever said, I'm going to give the game ball to the student section, but in that Arizona state game, they certainly could make a case that that rock that your daughter's going to be in this season could, could have gotten a game ball because they impacted the game in an unbelievable way. It was really fun. I've heard they're world famous too, the student section at BYU. Um, I think all the schools love playing here because it's so crazy and so much energy because of the rock. So well, the world's our campus, group. so it has to be worldwide, That's right? Absolutely. Well, Cosmo with his <laughs> right. dancing and all that, you know, of course, world famous. Cosmo's also world famous. So, right. hey, hey, Sarah, take us a little bit into some of the activities that you have planned for this week. And I know there's some service projects, tailgates, that kind of stuff. What What's going on that people should be aware of down in that Tampa area for the game this weekend? Uh, our tailgate is going to be really fun. We've got a lot of neat events lined up. We've got, um, we've got a, re- okay, so listen to this. We've got the only retired BYU football player who played for USF also that is going to be at our tailgate playing some catch with the boys. Um, he's going to be our main, I, th- I think he's going to be the main attraction. We also, we're going to have a snowball fight. Wait a sec, who is that? Fight. Who is that? R.J. Anderson. R.J. Oh, Anderson. R.J. played at both places. We're sitting places. there staring at like, each other going, I'm looking at Dave like, who's second. played for both? You're right, R.J. Yeah. And how are you going to have a snowball fight in Tampa in August or in September? We're, we're kind of amazing. Remember at the beginning you said you were starting with the best? Yeah. We're amazing. <laughs> We've got Bahama Bucks. Bahama Bucks is going to come out and uh, make 4,000 snowballs for us to have a fight with. So we're really, really excited about that, too. Um, we've got... You know, just the typical face painting. We've got a DJ out there. We've got four different food trucks. We will have Bahama Bucks passing out uh, dessert also. And then our service project is really neat, too. We're collecting collecting items for um, families in Pasco County, which is part of our chapter, 
for their early Head Start program for children zero through five. We're just kind of helping them get a head start in life. So we'll, we will be collecting for that. That's great. Now, I know you sold out the tailgate party for a thousand people probably could have put 500 more in there what kind of what size of a crowd do you think a BYU fans will will be at the game you know and we've sold we've sold about a thousand football tickets just from the alumni and of course that doesn't include what BYU has sold and then just what Subhub and all the other places we're gonna we've sold out three sections so far we're going to have a big gathering there it's going to be a big turnout for BYU fans is this is this going to be like BYU goes on the road and they have a reputation for like taking over the opponent's stadium yeah. which which the opponents yeah. they don't like that that much is this what this is going to be is BYU is it going to be a BYU takeover at at, uh, at the stadium there in Tampa I think it might be I think it might be well and also I think we're expecting some rain yeah. So, you know, all the local people, they probably won't show up. But our fans coming from across the country, they're not going to miss it for a little rain. So we're going to represent <laughs> big time, I think. Now, in Florida, it seems like there should be an alligator at every tailgate party. Will there be a gator there on Saturday? I'm really angry about this. The city <laughs> of Tampa has shut us down for the gator. What? You, you know, they were there last time. I've got pictures of Cosmo holding the gator. The cheerleader, Everyone was holding the gators. And the city of Tampa said, we didn't actually know that was happening. You can't do it again. So we tried real Wait, hard. But, so you know, maybe a wild one will just come up. So it flew. <laughs> so what you're telling me is the last time they were down there, that flew under the radar. You guys brought alligators to the tailgate. And it got under the. You didn't. You didn't ask I for mean, permission. <laughs> and, and, and now this time, who? We did ask for permission. And they said we okay. Yeah, of course they, they said did. Of course okay. they asked yeah, for they permission. Said okay, because okay, I was going to get yeah, on. But... I was going to get on whoever asked for permission this time. If you if you let it Listen, fly. Listen, but it sounds like. Tampa just changed their policy. That's that's weak. Sarah yeah. Watson is the alumni yeah. chair of the Tampa area, getting ready for the game. Here's the most important question of, of the interview. So you're a runner, because we've talked before. Uh, on your morning runs, what is the chance that you will come across a live <laughs> gator? 100% every morning. Like you see them every single morning? 100%. At least one. And how big one. are they, these that the, the watch you go by? You know, a lot of times they're small, they're babies. Um, there was a 12-foot one the other day, and I'm going to tell you I actually did call animal control because he wasn't scared of me, he wasn't moving, and I got a little nervous. But yeah. normally they're probably between four and five feet. I, Wait, I knew there got, were gators everywhere. That freaked little, me out. You got a little nervous <laughs> that a 12-foot alligator wouldn't move. And yeah, I would, moving. I'd get more than a little bit nervous on that one. So, you know, you, the toughness is why you're the chair of the alumni. I, and I love that, that the four or five footers don't even bother her on her run anymore. <laughs> no, that's, that's craziness. That's... So, hey, there, there's this incredible bonding power between this football team and the alumni. How, how would you describe that about this football team and its ability to bring people from the alumni together from all over the world? I think, I think it's a great thing. You know, at the end of the game, they come and sing to us, the fans that have showed up. And we just love that. We love our football players. We love supporting them. And, and they show us a great time for sure. All right. Where can folks go to get more information from, uh, from the Tampa area alumni? You know what? We're having a lot of trouble reaching people. If they could just join our Facebook page, that would be great. It's just the BYU Friends and Family Tampa Alumni. BYU Friends and Family Tampa, Tampa alumni. alumni. So you just... They get Something into Facebook. Like they get into Facebook yeah. and just look for BYU friends and family, Tampa alumni, and they, Tampa and then alumni. all of the information is going to be there for them. So join the Facebook page, and do, hey, do it whether you're live live down in the Tampa area or if you're just traveling to the game this weekend. 
Join up with them. Sarah says everybody's welcome to participate in all the stuff they got going on. Hey, and are there still plenty of tickets to buy a stadium-wide? I mean, it's a huge stadium. I'm not, I'm not sure about the stadium. I would assume there is. We sold out weeks ago, but I'm sure there's still some left somewhere. All right, give us a score before we let you go. Yeah, what's, what's your what's prediction the score for the be? score of this game? I'm going to say 36-21. 36? How do you get 36? 30, you could get 36. I know you can, but I'm curious. To, how are you envisioning 36? You know, she's saying, there's, she's saying there's, there's, more, there's more field goals than you're accounting for is what she's saying. So. Magical is what she's going for. Hey, thank you for joining us, <laughs> and good luck this weekend. This wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be, is it? No, it was great. Thank you, guys. If we see your daughter, we'll say hello. Yep. And we'll tell her to do her homework. We'll take care of her. Tell her she's got family out here with Dave and me. And we'll send the team out. We'll put them, at, you in charge of making sure they get a they get a win. And say hi to all the alumni for us. Sounds good. Will do. Thank you, guys. Thanks, right. Sarah. Thanks for being on with us. Sarah Watson. So there you go. The first alumni chair in the history of the Wise Guys. In a couple of weeks, we'll visit with, with the, whoever's in charge of the boosters and alumni in Eugene, Oregon. That's right. As, uh, as they get back out on the road. But I think that's cool. We're going to try to link. You know, this is a global live stream, and there's alumni all over the world. And, uh, and so tonight we're talking with the Tampa folks. Yeah, and, when, and honestly, when we, uh, when we talk to folks in the local markets, and we've been on the road a bunch. We've taken our shows, our Countdown to Kickoff and Post Game Live on the road many times. We get in those stadiums, and, and BYU takes over some of these stadiums. Now, they're not going to take over the stadium in Vegas because that's a Notre Dame home game. Right. Uh, but outside of that, there's very few. And they're not going to take over the stadium in Oregon because no. they sell out. But uh, I would not be surprised if that's a BYU takeover down in that big, huge stadium at South Florida and Tampa uh, this weekend. Speaking of the, the game, uh, DJ, can we put that uh, game day graphic up? On, on Saturday, we've got a two-hour, and we have a brand-new name. It's the BYU Sports Nation game day. It used to be countdown to kickoff. Uh, keep going, and there, there it is. is right there. So I feel, like I, I feel like I was skinnier in that picture. <laughs> well, I think they, they might have photoshopped us. Um, two o'clock Eastern time. That's noon Mountain time on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, and BYU TV dot org. We'll have interviews with Jim McMahon, Jaron Hall. You sat down with Hall. I sat down with McMahon. Kalani Sataki. Yep, you sat down with Kalani, and uh, we'll Travis uh, Tyler Batty will be in the film room. Yep. And we've got all kinds of stuff. Spencer Linton will be live from the stadium there. The game's at 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain on ESPNU, and then a live postgame show back on BYU TV right afterwards. It's going to be a long, awesome Saturday That's right. of college football. That's what it's all about. That's what Saturdays are for in the fall, right? So join us. We go out in the air at Noon Mountain, right? Yeah. Noon Mountain uh, for a couple of hours pregame, and we'll be with you for an hour postgame and break it all down. Yeah, join us. Don't forget. While we were visiting with Sarah... You know who walked in yes, to the I show? Do. Amber and Amber Trent. Whiting and her husband Trent. She's the new head basketball coach at BYU still, Women. Trent still looks like he like he looked trim like I did in that picture that they photoshopped. He's looking good. He's <laughs> yeah, not, but he's real. That that was he's, no. He's looking like he's staying no, fit. Now he doesn't get to come on because he's not a coach. Amber gets to come on, but he's. I'm pretty impressed with how good Trent's looking. I bet he can still shoot it too. They can all shoot it in that family. So Amber's standing by. We're going to visit with her in just a second. We mentioned the depth chart with BYU. There's no real big changes. Um, and we talked a little bit about South Florida with quarterback Gary Bohannon, the Baylor transfer. Is that a big deal? Is, or is, is Bohannon going into a, such a different offense that he ran at Baylor that the blueprint of what he does is Nolan Void for the BYU defense? He, I actually think for, for him, if you watched him last year, 
Baylor, they run Jeff Grimes' offense. It's it's a 12 and 13 personnel, meaning one running back, two tight ends or three tight ends. It's heavy sets, like big guys up front. It's downhill run game, and it's play-action pass. He seems to me like he wants to run around a bit and be involved in the run game. He was very effective in that offense last year. I think this South Florida offense actually fits his skill set better than the Baylor offense. I think he's going to thrive in this offense. And now it may take him a few weeks to get going, but the fact that he transfers in and beats out a returning starter and is immediately named as their starter early in camp tells you that he's got the skill set to run. This this it's it's a run pass option type of an offense. So we're he'll he'll uh fake it to or give it to a running back, and then he progresses down. He has the ability to either run it and continue the run game or throw the football based on what the defense does. Puts a lot of pressure on defenses. I think he'll be more involved in the run game in this offense than he was at Baylor. So, no, I I actually think for him this is a good move. I think think that this offense highlights his skill set better than the Baylor does. Now, do you want to win a bunch of games? Or do you want to be featured in the offense? Because Baylor's really good. There's not many. <laughs> the, the defending Big 12 champs are going to be really good against again this year. Yeah. Um, There's not many quarterbacks that lose their job coaching or leading a team that wins the Big 12. Uh, he didn't play in the Big 12 championship game because he's hurt, but he comes back and wins the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. How many guys and win, then he's out. How many guys win the Sugar Bowl on a P5 and win a Big 12 championship and then get beat out and transfer? To a G5. Yeah. Not many. Not very many. And I'm so, curious to see how that you all know, works I, out. I wish him the best because everything we heard last year when we get ready for that Baylor game was he's a, is a really good kid, too. Yep. So, so no, we wish him the best. Just not this Saturday, okay? Partly cloudy in the morning, followed by scattered thunderstorms in the afternoon. High of 91. Chance of rain, 50%. Did you, that just sounds like every day in Florida that's, in the entire summer. That's the buzz for Saturday, according that, to the Weather Network. You could say that, that that's the weather report for a week from now or three weeks ago, and you'd be right on. It's going to be smoking hot and humid. Passing passing showers. Hey, I was just in Jamaica, and I'll tell you this. Similar weather, right? Yeah, but you weren't in a helmet. No, but you, you were know, next to nothing. Here, here was my – because we did work out while we were down there. I know I don't look like I ever work out, but I did work out while I was down there. I felt like I could. How run. can you say that? Your guns are on display every week on this show, right there. Yeah, that that's not by accident. I'm talking about this right here. Okay, I'm talking right. about this. Okay. But carry on. Um, when we were running or, or or on the bike or playing tennis, Brendan and I played a couple of sets of tennis down there. I felt like I could just go forever with my lungs. Like I felt like I could breathe like crazy. Like it was so easy to breathe. But literally ten seconds into any activity, <laughs> I was dripping sweat. You were wiped like, out. When we played tennis, I was like. Three games, like, in. So it was, like, 3-0 Brenda already, right, right? Yeah. in games. Of course it was. And I could have walked into a shower, turned on the shower full speed with my clothes on, and stood under the shower for five minutes, <laughs> and I wouldn't have been any wetter than I was. No. So, so that's the key. you got to be able to keep your hands dry and do all of that. My first taste of humidity was on my mission in Texas. Oh, gosh. And that was a different feeling. But remember, we were both back at the Virginia game. Yes. And it would, it would rain. And there was lightning, so they had a delay. And then it would rain, more rain than we'd ever seen. And then there was a delay. And the football must have been pretty heavy by the time they got through. And, and the game ends. Taysom Hill throws a pass to Jamal Williams, who's wide open, bounces off his shoulder pad. Virginia catches it, and they run in for a touchdown and win the game. It was the sloppiest, hottest, humid conditions that I'd ever seen a football game in. I don't know if that's going to be like Saturday. I, I hope it's not, because I feel like BYU was the better team back there that year. Yeah. 
And I felt like the stop and start nature of it really was an advantage to the home team. It, that's like what it. I thought was the bad part. They kept taking them off the field, and then they'd wait 30 minutes. They'd come back out and start where they start, you know, where they left off, all of that. That's that's the problem with that game. I Let's just hope that they don't have a bunch of lightning at this thing and they have game delays. Rain's not bad to play in. I, win's worse. As yeah. a quarterback, you, you'd rather play in, in rain than win because win affects the trajectory of where the ball's going and all that. So rain's not a big deal. Wind, big deal. Lightning, where you got to go off the field and you big get deal. going and you lose momentum and all of that, that, that's a big deal. So let's, let's just keep our fingers crossed that that doesn't happen um, back in Tampa this week. Hey, the Athletic put out their rankings for each college football team, and they've got BYU at number 21. Yep. But the opponents are interesting. They got South Florida at a f- 114. Seems they, like they're going to be better than that. They were 2 and 10 last year, right? Yeah. And but they got a lot of guys back. So I'm not sure what that means. Like what BYU they go, "Hey, they have the most production back of any team in the country." And they were a double-digit win team that yeah. played 7 P5 teams. So now you go, "Okay, that that's got to be good, right? That's a pretty easy Yeah, they're going to be good this year. You can What about a 2 and 10 team that has everybody coming back? Is that good? Well, UNLV all those years, the answer was no. Right. But You and I covered UNLV it, for a while. And, and the coaches say, i got good news. i got experience. I, the bad news I is got, they're all the same guys from last year. I've got 21 returning starters. Well, so what? They were awful last year. <laughs> you should get 21 new starters. Yeah, that's now so, you can do that with the portal. And, and they've got a bunch of transfers coming. New offense coordinator, new defensive coordinator, multiple transfers in, multiple transfers out, coming off of a 2-10 and 10 season. But here's what I see on film. It's a team with a lot of team speed. Yeah. So they have skill guys, and and that is what always scares you because if you don't take care of the football and you give a team with a bunch of skill guys and a lot of speed short fields and they get some big plays over the top and start believing in themselves, that that's how big underdogs win games. And so BYU's got to take care of the ball. They've got to go in and just assert their physical dominance because BYU's much more physical up front on both sides of the ball. And, and that's a formula for a win. You go and start turning the ball over and get sloppy and let them make some big plays over the top, now you got problems on the road against a team that shouldn't be able to play with you. The Athletic ranks Baylor number 9, Oregon number 12, Wyoming's number 111, mm-hmm. Utah State is 58, Notre Dame 7, Arkansas is 23, very close to the AP, Liberty is 75, I thought they might be a little lower, hmm. East Carolina is 66, Boise State is 46, uh, Utah Tech doesn't factor in um, as an FCS. Hmm. And then Stanford, 69. I'm surprised Boise State's not higher than that yeah. this year with Bachmeyer and that whole group coming back. That one surprised me. Actually, Utah State and Boise State, I thought Utah State would be a little bit higher and Boise State significantly higher than those those two. But when it's all said and done, there's still four teams that BYU has on the schedule that are preseason ranked. Um, Coming up in just a bit, we'll make some predictions for this weekend. There's yep. some big games. Let's bring is, is in. Is Amber going to give us a prediction? Let's have Amber too? come over and and uh, assume her spot. This is here spot on the right wise here, guys. Yeah. And, no. Uh, and this is and and live stream. This is a, like Dave and I are getting used to this format because we're we're used to our whole lives like being in a studio where you go to commercial breaks and everything's so formal and scripted and. We love this because it's just fun. And we, we just, just talked to we folks just get to all fun. over the world. We just had Brandon Doman on for, for a while. And, and, and Brandon was, There's Jack Hadley. was great fun. He's helping get this situated. So Jack is our coordinating producer. That's what we're going to call him. Actually, he just and runs his, everything. And it's his it's house. Just, so this is, wait. His, but we didn't say his address. No, you're like, 
Thanksgiving. We just said his house. Dave's going to give it away. We always just tell like the Marriott Center is Amber's house. Everyone, everyone it's gets an it. undisclosed location is what we always say. Our next guest is the new head coach of the BYU women's basketball team. Amber Whiting played for Trent Shippen in the 2000-2001 season when Jeff Judkins was an assistant coach. And now 22 years later, she's got the opportunity of succeeding Juddy as the head coach. Married to former Cougar Trent Whiting, who played for our friend Steve Cleveland the same year that Amber was on the team. We welcome you back to Provo. We welcome you to the Wise Guys. Thank you for being here. No problem. Are you nervous? A little bit. Is, is it because Blaine's so intimidating? <laughs> is that what it he is? He's got his guns over here. Yeah, trust like, me. Oh, my gosh. Those guns Look show up all the time. Amber's got guns, too. Like, I say, I, Blaine, they make shirts in large, <laughs> but he likes is, these he small likes, shirts. Hey, for the... And will you tell? That's an XL, right, Amber? Is that not an XL? Medium. Oh, medium, yeah. No, she said medium, which is a small medium. Uh, DJ's going to get your mic fixed up. Are we okay. good on that, DJ? Can, you um, can we hear you? I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah, can, we can hear you now. We can hear you. Hey, so let's start with the first big question out of the gate. And we start with your son, Jace. Okay. Uh, born just before your one and only season here at BYU. Your husband's playing for the men. And so... After having Jace, you come back to play for the women. How did you do that? He was actually born after. Was it after? Yes. I've got yes. to get a new secretary. Yes, you do. <laughs> so it was born did, after no, your I, career. I, Just for the I record, I don't have down. a secretary. I have an admin. I don't have a secretary. <laughs> I'm not sure you're allowed to use that word anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So I had that wrong. Right out of the gate, I had that wrong. So you, you had Jace after you were done playing. Yes. So I transferred down, had to sit out that red, red shirt year, right? Yeah. And I had gotten pregnant. We were married. Trent graduated. I had one year left to play. He got offers overseas. And so it was either I stay and play with a newborn or I go overseas. And? And I took one for the team. I, you know what? <laughs> so Jace we, cost you a know. year of college Jace basketball? Jace cost me, but I chose to be a mom at that point in time. Hey, this wasn't Jace's issue. Let's not put this on Jace. <laughs> this is all about Trent. Yes, yeah, that is, that is a lot to do with Trent. <laughs> yes, this is about Trent costing her one season. So. All right, so I want to make sure I got some of my other facts straight. But okay. in November 2000, the both of you are playing at the Marriott Center, mm-hmm. right? Across the street, Lavelle Edwards is wrapping up his legendary career. And Brandon Doman, who was on earlier, was the quarterback that won his last, last game for him. Okay. Then they renamed the stadium Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And this is a really unique time on campus. What was it like? Um, I just remember the school spirit. I mean, it's crazy, right? Everyone goes to the games. And back then, um, I don't know how it is for The Rock now, but you had to, like, camp out overnight in order to get tickets. Is that how it oh, is Oh, yeah. Now? It yeah, still happens. For the big um, ones. And I remember my husband and some of our neighbors went down to camp out to get tickets anytime we could, right? And so we were all going to the games, and it was just the thing to go do. And so it was, it was pretty sweet. I mean, you fall in love with BYU being in that type of atmosphere all the time. Yeah, we, uh, Dave and I have taken pizzas out to the camper. You know, Gonzaga game on the men's side, every year these last couple of years is just a huge game, and they're camping out for a couple of nights. And so Dave and I take some pizzas One over thing we've sometimes. noticed, too, in our broadcast over the last few years is attendance at the women's games has shot way up. The talent on the floor is better, and the support is growing. Do you sense that as you get ready for your first season? Yeah, women's basketball is fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, and so I think it had a bad rap from way back when. But if you go watch in a gym, I mean, those girls win your hearts, right? And they right. and they just get after it and they play for each other. And so I think that for me is why women's basketball is starting to get momentum. And I mean, it's not just here; it's nationally, right? Like we're 
getting, I saw they were going to put the um, Final Four on ESPN or ABC. ABC. Yes, yeah. ABC. Yeah. Yes, so they were going to move it. And then they're going to do it in conjunction with the guys, right? And so in the same city, same whatever. And the so. beauty of that is when you get there, they can move that game to a Tuesday night. Yes, yes, they can. <laughs> exactly. Off of Sunday. That's a good so, <laughs> you know, D- Dave and I, we were sitting in um, at that Gonzaga women's game this last year, and I just kept turning to him at breaks and going, this is an unbelievable college basketball environment. That, that, that Gonzaga-BYU women's game in the Marriott oh. Center with a phenomenal crowd and just, and just a great atmosphere. And, and I thought it rivaled a lot, a lot of men's games that, that we've done and been at o- over the years. And then Dave and I, we get the, the privilege of doing a bunch of the, um, uh, the WCC tournament on, on the women's side yeah, and, the, and the, the level of play. So it's not just about the environment, the skill level um, of women's basketball, I feel like has just really uh, gotten fantastic, and it's a really fun game to watch. Fundamentals are are big time in a women's game. And you're deeply experienced in the AAU level. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, we had a girl this summer. Um, I mean, she dunked on us. I'm not on us, but during warmups, right? And this is, I mean, 16, 17. Like she threw kid. it down. She, she didn't just get it, it over. No, she threw she it down. She threw it down wow. in warmups, <laughs> and it was all the camera crews were on our game because of her and. I mean, those types of, I mean, the athleticism, everything, you know, I feel like it's getting better and better all the time. So, Jetty, Jetty takes over the head job after your last season at BYU. He goes on to win 351 games. He's a good friend of ours, and, and, and we've spent a lot of time with him over the years. And, and so, at least you have some small shoes to fill over there, <laughs> which, is, which is nice. But what did you learn about Jetty, even from a distance? Um, well, I played, he was my ops when Trent was coaching, right? So mm-hmm. I played. And then he also recruited my husband. And then his brother coached my husband. So we, I mean, the Judkins family is real for us, right? Like, we are family. And I just, um, I always learned from him, he, he could shoot the ball. With his eyes closed, his backwards, Oh, right? yeah, he still can. <laughs> he still can shoot it. Um, but we always, I mean, just the stories that he would tell and his experience, um, learning from him that way, I feel like his experience was just invaluable. And so, I mean, every time he talked, you always just soaked anything in that you could. You know, the difference with Steve Cleveland, um, when, he, when he took over the job, the team was 1-25 the year before. Mm-hmm. And you, you get a team that should be uh, picked to win the WCC, even without Shaley Gonzalez, and we'll talk about that later. But you, you pick up a, a, a team that's rolling. That's got to be great for the team and great for the new coach. Yeah, no, they those girls, um, not a lot of experience back, yeah. but they played against the best of the best, right? right, every day in practice. So you know that they have that experience every single day in practice. It might not be on the game, like on the actual court during a game, but they had it every day. And so they're hungry, they're wanting to go and you could just see the fire in them and that, that's fun hey so last year you're coaching at Burley High School mm-hmm. right we got that part right yes team goes 25 and 1 we got that right right yep 25 and 1 and led by your daughter Amari right mm-hmm. and so that's three for three on fact hey there we go <laughs> she announced she's coming to BYU mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome um but she got one more year of high school she's now going to be playing right here down the road well I can't give where we're at Let's just say somewhere around here, Timview High School is. Okay. Yeah. But but it's down the road. You're the 4A coach of the year by the Idaho Statesman, and not and then you're named the head coach at BYU. What a year! Holy cow! What was that like? My goodness. Um, I had somebody ask me today. Was college basketball always my end goal? Right. And obviously, that's your dream. Like you always want to. I mean. But when you're going through the process, you get to a point in your life where you don't think that dream is ever going to align with right, what your journey is. And so um, 
when I applied for it, I, you know, you have big hopes, big, and then things start going through your head and you're like, ah, can I, and then when it starts getting real towards the end, I was like, holy crap, this could actually happen. And then I get excited. Then I'm like, oh my gosh. So then you start planning and then, yeah, so I just, it was awesome. The experience and going through the process, um, yeah, I just was always trying to be myself the whole time. Now, for those who, who don't know you, and, mm-hmm. and they will come to know you, but those who don't know you, the notion of coming right out of high school and taking over a program that in one year is going to the Big 12, raised a few eyebrows, might have raised your own. What, what do you say to folks who wonder, could a high school coach be ready for this job? Um. I am one of the hardest workers you'll ever meet, right? Yeah. And I'm not too prideful to say I know everything. I don't. And so what I don't know, I'm going to learn. And what I, lo- I mean, I'm going to work hard at it. And so a part of college experience and a part of that, like, yes, I don't have it. But on the flip side, my staff around me is what I wanted to go get. And those people that I put around me are the best of the best. And they each have their own strengths. And I specifically looked for that. I wanted all of us to be different from recruiting, from what you bring on the court to how you are as a person so you could relate to each individual kid. Um, and so that's, I mean, you got to put the best around you to yeah. help yourself. So that's where I went. And, you know, Lee Kamard, you mentioned Lee, um, is, the, is the holdover from the old staff. And we've had a lot to, of interaction with Lee. you got Morgan Bailey. Um, is, it, is, is it Kaloff? Is that how you Kalhoff. say it? Kaloff. Kaloff, Aaron. Yep. They're going to join we join call on the bench. AK. Yeah. Oh, call, we call her AK. Him. Oh, him. AK. AK. I okay. like that. I like. Uh, that's going to be way easier. Yeah. Okay. Call him AK. If you had a bunch of kids, he had forty-seven kids. We'd call him AK forty-seven. AK forty-seven. <laughs> Na- Natalie uh, Lanehart and Stephen Arnold join you as well. We we all watched Lee have a big impact on this program the last couple of years. What does that mean to have him hold over on the staff? And what what do you expect him to contribute as you launch this new era in BYU basketball? Um, he brings a lot of continuity to what. Um, so we're not just coming in like cold. Feet, right? Like cold, like cold turkey. So yeah. he brings that continuity from the girls, and he brings a lot of, like, uh, connections on campus what we, that we would need because none of us have that. Um, but he also has um, relationships with the girls that I feel like is super important to have those connections going forward. Bluesville One has a question for you. What was your first major task once you arrived and got to work? It might have been answered a moment ago with your staff, but what, what – what was the first major task? Um, getting a staff for sure, but getting my fingerprints to get in the door. <laughs> yeah, because BYU's like every, everything's a fingerprint, yes, right? every morning I'd show up and I would just stand down there like, okay, how do I get in? Into the basketball <laughs> facility. <laughs> Head coach can't get in. So I would call people upstairs or I would wait for somebody to come in. That's what that we was, have to do. They don't let us in either. No, we, we, we call, we're not we the call coach. people. We're like, hey, we know some people that know some people here, but that's about it, so... So protocol at BYU and being considered for head coaching positions to interview with the general authority mm-hmm. and uh, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that sponsors the school. You meet with Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, former mm-hmm. president of BYU, a good friend of ours over the years, and a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, also on the Board of Trustees. Um, what stood out to you the most during that interview with him that you can share with us? Um, how personal he was. Like, super intimidating right to go up there in the first place yeah um and i walked in and they asked my husband to be with me so he came and i just remember looking across the desk and he had a full report on me and a picture of us as a family from the airport like literally two days before and i'm sitting there like 
he is going to see straight through my soul. <laughs> and he just gets so nervous. But he started telling me, he started with jokes yeah. and just relaxed us and just just actually talked to me personally and gave me really good advice through the process, right? And advice that I wrote down on my phone and I just keep going back to that. Like what? Like what would be the f- top of the um, thing? Just do the, do the right things the right way. Yeah. And just keep, just kept iterate, reiterating that to me that, you know, if you do the right things the right way, the wins are going to come. Yeah. And what a unique experience with, with, with Elder Holland where yeah. he, he was down here as the president of the university back when I was playing. I don't know if there's a person on the earth that loves BYU oh, more than he's, President he's, he's amazing. <laughs> so, um, Story, a quick story. He was the first person to hold our oldest son, other than Brenda and I, mm-hmm. because our oldest son came quite early when we were down playing in the Holiday Bowl. Okay. And so we rushed over to the hospital, had the baby. Then I went back, had team meal with the team. We went and played in the game. I picked Brenda up at the airport or at the hospital. We went straight out to the charter. And as we walked up the stairs, Elder Holland was the president of the university. He goes, "Hey, like, get, give me, give me Jeffrey right there." And we're like, "Oh, his name's not." <laughs> Jeffrey, he was, he, was, he was the first person he held Kellen oh, yeah. while we got settled in. And he in, went and with Jeffrey because it's his name? Is that why so, he's No, we were like, yeah, you like, and then Lavelle's like, his name's Lavelle. I'm like, no, it's absolutely <laughs> not Lavelle. Um, his name's Kellen, but, uh, but, but Elder Holland has a way of uh, making you feel like you're just loved when you're with him, doesn't he? Yes. I, before I left, I just, I mean... That opportunity probably will never come, right? Like, just to be in that room with him, just him. Well, when they call you on a mission, okay. you'll probably see him again. <laughs> yeah, you'll somewhere. see him again. But I just was like, can I give you a hug? Like, I just had to. You know what yeah. I mean? But he just makes you feel that way. And yeah. I love it. I love that you go into his office and you see all his BYU stuff. It, you yeah. know? it's And he's, we were there for an interview with, with KSL a few years back. And I said, I, I, I mistakenly called him President Holland because he was the president when I was at BYU. And that's just – and I, said, I corrected myself. He goes – President Holland is the greatest title I've ever held in my life. Those oh, years at BYU were the most meaningful years of my life. That's him saying it, and, and he means it, and, and, and it sounds like you felt that. Yeah. This, your story, huh. I think, sums up that in a nutshell, because you said it started out with you saying, oh, man, he's going to look right through my soul, and it ended up with, can I have a hug? Yeah. <laughs> what? That's a major transit, like... That's how it started, That how it ended. And I think anybody that's met Elder Holland would say that's probably how they feel when it starts, and that's always how they feel when it ends. That's, that's really cool. So when you left the room, did you go, okay, I got this job. I'm ready to go. No. Didn't. No, I, I mean, you don't know, right? Like, and I so just, what were your feelings after that meeting? We You're just like, got in the car or in the truck, and then we looked at each other, and I just was like, I want this so bad. Like, I just could just, you know. And then I got a call, hey, can you come down to BYU? And the way they said it to me, I just thought, okay, just be classy. Like, just take it like, man, you know, I just say congratulations, just who, and just move on, right? Like, just yeah. just keep it together is basically what I was telling myself. Because you didn't I, think you were going to get no, it? No, no, I didn't. And so then we drove down, and the whole way I was just shaking, and then I got there, and they opened the door, and they're like, hey, coach, and just kind of hugged me. And I was like, I just started crying. So like then you just, knew. It just, I mean, it who, was who, who gave you that? Was that was that Tom and Brian? And like, who was it? So Tom was in New York, and Brian was there, and so he's the one that pulled me in. And then they had Tom on Facetime. Or, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. So let's awesome. I love I love that that whole story of of meeting him and coming down and thinking he didn't have it and then getting it. And what a relief! But so now you're hired. You put your staff together, and now you, now you got to assemble this talent on this team and. You find out that Shaylee Gonzalez is not going to stay. 
she's going to transfer and she's going to go down, get in the transfer portal and transfers out to Texas. That's a setback because she's a phenomenal player, right? And then, you know, I'm looking at the, the this team that we covered in the tournament last year. No Paisley Harding, no Albiero, no Tegan Graham, no Sarah Hampson, no Shaley Gonzalez. <laughs> but but I look at who's coming back, right? Falatea and Calvert and Gustin, who's tough as nails, right? And and uh, and I go down that that list and I go, wow, you know what? There's some good pieces left. First of all, how how did you handle this Shaley wanting to transfer because she could have been phenomenal to build a team around for next year. And then what about this talent that's left? And, and what do you like most about it? And what can we expect? Um, losing Shaylee did hurt. Um, but she, uh, her and I sat down, and I actually went down to visit her and her family. Um, and just she said she'd given BYU four years, right, which is true. And so I can't fault a kid for wanting to go do that and see what she can do somewhere else. Um, and she had gradu- she'd graduated this summer. And so – I just wish her the best. Like, I love Shaylee, and she is somebody that my daughter looked up to forever and ever. And so I couldn't – I wish her no ill will at all. And so I just – but coming back to the girls, I just said, look, there are some big shoes to fill now. And 86% of our offense is gone with those four seniors and Shaylee. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Like, let's, let's go, right? And so you just see them light up. And you just see there's lots of minutes, there's lots of shots, there's lots of everything. There's a lot more shots. Yes, yes. Yep. And so um, Lauren has the most experience coming back, and we call her, my son calls her the cheat code because she's like a walking double-double, right? Yep. And so she is. I just, I mean, and with Nani and Ari, and then now we added Gabby and Emma. I mean, just down the line, there's so many girls in there that are just waiting for their opportunity. And I'm really excited for them this year. Now you can say that well, you can say that we're clueless, and sometimes you will you will say that. <laughs> yeah. Just, to, but, but as we were talking, and you lose Gonzalez, okay, but if 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 you've got to make sure at least one of these key players comes back, it's got to be the person who's like number two in the country in rebounding, because <laughs> rebounding and second and third shots. Um, have been so critical for this team's success. And that's why Gustin's been so important. And so when Lauren was staying, I thought, okay, that's big win number one for you. Yes. I remember Nani, because um, Lauren was on vacation for like the first week. And then she came back, and I remember Nani specifically saying, oh, I was so glad Lauren's back. I miss her screens. Like, not just rebounding, but she Im- impacts a lot of things in a lot of areas. And so, yeah, she's huge for, huge for us this year. Yeah. She's, she's an enforcer. We had, we had games where... BYU maybe wasn't shooting the ball that well, and she would, and on one offensive set, grab two or three offensive boards, and, and finally BYU makes a shot on their fourth shot attempt down the floor. That's backbreaking for, for the other team, and, and she brings that. Who else is really standing out? I know it's just summer workouts right now, but is there anybody that's standing out that the outside of Lauren that you're going, man, great job of taking on a leadership role? Um, I think... Nani and Ari and Gabby, their playmaking skills are going to come um, in, be a key for us this year because any one of those three can play on ball or off ball and then add Emma with pick and pop and she has a really good, she's worked really, really hard on a three-point shot. And then Rose with her athletic ability on the defensive end is crazy. And today, Amanda Barcelo, like I was shocked by her defense. Um, she's been struggling all summer with uh, fractures, like stress fractures, right? And so today she took a, two weeks off, came back, and then she was good to go. Like I've just, 
I'm standing here looking at these girls like, wow, like, you know what I mean? We've got a lot of pieces, and if they can just come together. And the one thing that they do really, really well is they play for each other, right? And Smiler is another one. Right. Between Smiler and Ari, knockdown shooters, like. She had some big shots Yes, she year. does. And then I have two freshmen. Like, it's a lot. Like, we have a lot of pieces. I'm excited. There, there's a Hampson on the team, right? Yes, yes, Heather. But is there ever there's not been a Hampson one for 30 on years. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I played with a Hampson, right? <laughs> so. And that's another one that I would oh, say. I played with a Hampson mom because Teresa <laughs> played when I was playing, by yeah. the way. Yeah, her, her fun fact always is I'm six, five, or whatever she is, she says, and I'm the smallest in my family. Like, that's always her fun oh fact. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's true. She is she the most athletic, though? If she's the shortest, she better be the most she's athletic. She's come a long way, and I think a lot of that goes back to last year, always playing against the starters. Like, she's yeah. really impressed me this summer. BYU women's head coach Amber Whiting is on the Wise Guys here tonight. Um, as far as your schedule goes, and I think you want to save it for Sports Nation with Spencer and Jerem, uh, since it's not out officially, but can you give us at least the first <laughs> giant – Maybe just, we won't ask for much. How about the biggest fish that you've reeled in on the schedule? Can you tell us that? And those guys will forgive us. They've, we know who it we is, see them we're all not going to say they've it. You already, have to say uh, it. They've already put it out there. So oh, they have? Yes. Okay. Well, good. So, so South we're, Carolina. We're trying to, yeah. All they did was waiting, win the title waiting, last year, right? Yeah, that's all they did. Um, we're waiting for a couple contracts to come back okay. so that we can go on Sports Nation and officially release everything. Um, but, that, yeah, that, I mean, that's huge. Right. And I've just told my girls from the very beginning, like, let's go. Let's go fight. Let's go get in the fight. You got to play the best of the best to see where we are. And you get a return visit, which is huge, right? Visit, so yes. will they come next year or yes. year after? And that's been a huge thing for my 23 class to yeah. like gear up for, right? And yeah. to recruit with and everything. Yeah. T- let's talk about that. Let's turn the page recruiting. We, we just had Brandon Dome and I we were talking about his team. He's like, yeah, we had eight draft picks on the football team I played on that started out 12 and 0 and were ranked in the top five. He goes, isn't it amazing that the number of NFL guys you have on the team translates to wins? Talent <laughs> wins it. you got to be able to recruit, right? Mm-hmm. So how have you been received so far as you've been you know, starting this process of recruiting by BYU, representing BYU, and the, and the, the prospect of playing in the Big 12? Um, I don't think I can name names, actually. No, no you can't name names. It's, yes, I, I, so I'm just, in general, no, how I, have you, how you don't get me the rules. No, no, we're um, gonna, we'll make sure you okay, don't get in trouble. Perfect. Um, no, no names. I'm just generally, how, how have you been I received with that message? I sit down with people, and I make sure that I am personal with them. I make sure, like, they can see who I am, see what I stand for, and I always try and have them come on campus, see our practices, see, and I go through, like, my culture book with them, um... And I let them ask me anything, and I just look them in the eyes and answer because I want it to be coming from me. If you – throughout Jason and Mari's recruiting process, the number one thing I learned in recruiting is if the coach is personable with you, those kids connect. And then those – that's who you're going to play for, right? So I always wanted to make sure. And I feel like – I mean, I've got four 23s committed and a 24 commit, so – I feel like we're kind of you're moving. on the you're on the road, and yeah. they're and they're the kind of talent that you feel you guys can go compete in the Big Twelve. Yes. yes. Now Amari has committed to your daughters committed to play at BYU, and uh, we and can talk about that. We can name, talk right? about that, but but we will we'll invite you back once signing day comes, where we can break down our game and all of that stuff. I'll if you if you'll come back for that. <laughs> but in that process, did you ever once remind her? Because she had committed to Oregon. But did you ever once remind her that you had brought her into this world? That should have been part of the whole recruiting process. Now, now, how, do you, how do you – that's like the number one thing. You can't, you can't be top – no one else can say, no, I brought you into this. There's just the one person. It happens yes. to be you. <laughs> um, 
her and I have a really unique relationship, and I will say that she's a lot like me, and if you back me into the corner, I'm going to come out fighting, right? Or if you tell me to do one thing, I'm going to do the opposite. Like, I, that's just the fight in me, right? So you have to, I had to let her come to that decision on her own, and for those purposes, but for the purposes of there's going to be hard days, and when those hard days come, you can't rely on, oh, my mom told me to go there, right? You have right. to rely on that. I got my own confirmation for myself. This is what I need to do so that, you know, when you hate the coach one day, you got you did it by yourself. You made that decision yourself. <laughs> <laughs> does, does she ever give you the sass that might – like I coached some of my kids when they were younger, and I, I've told this story before, but I was trying to get my oldest son, Kellen, to run a screen the right way, and and – like, I, hey, I played some quarterback in my life, right? We won a national championship and I was out on the field. But evidently, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I said, Kellen, you're not doing it right. Three times I tell him, Kellen, you're not doing it right. He turns around in front of the whole team. And he goes, Dad, you haven't played in a long time. <laughs> I was like, get out of the huddle. Get out. <laughs> Send right go, to the bench. Go over there and stand by yourself. You are out. How's that? You've coached her already. Yes. Yeah. How's that going to be at the college level, coaching your own? And are you going to um, get some sass? Well, let me just say, so her freshman year, she called me mom in practice, oh. and she ran the whole practice. So we check it at the door. Like, there's, you call, she, and literally, she'll call me Amber right now outside of practice, right? Because it's just easier to, yeah. instead of flipping from mom to Amber, it's just Amber. Like, right. but we have that, um, I don't know, she just knows how I like things and how I want things, and she knows I don't tolerate, right? So she'll just get in and do it because she knows that I'm not going to. Let her off the hook. I think we've all had experiences where our dad was our coach. Mm -hmm. And I go back to T-ball and all through. Mm -hmm. um, there's something that's awesome about, uh, and, and we've, we've interviewed many coaches as they've come through, have got kids on their team. There's just something awesome about being able to coach your own, you know, whether it's a son or daughter. Um, and I just think it's awesome. I, I, I can't imagine anyone passing on that chance. And clearly she hasn't. Uh, and you haven't because uh, you did it at Burley and now you do it here. But is there anything better than that? Um, no. I mean, you kind of – you. I need to be careful of when – and I did it Burley a lot, but I would take it home with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so I need to be careful of that. And I just – especially now, I mean, pressure is even ten times. So, um, like, what you say, look, if you don't box out, you can't have dinner tonight. No, it would be <laughs> like I would – if we – I don't know. So if we had a bad game or something happened, we came home and, you know, I'm so – we're – supposed to leave it at the gym <laughs> and I come home and I go down to her room and then we start watching film and then she would come upstairs for and we start watching film I'm like so where's Trent and all is he the buffer in this whole thing he was supposed to be but then he would get in on it too. <laughs> he's eating ice cream he says that's what he's doing he's just an innocent bystander uh, hey the bit the big question can she shoot it like a whiting that's the main thing there's debate of who's the best shooter in the family and well here let's here's well, a big okay. question go so, ahead. yeah so million bucks is online Okay, and, and Trent, he's not on camera, but he can be. He we can see Whoever makes the most free throws in a row, you and Trent, who wins the million bucks? Don't look at him. Just look at us. I do. You, are you a better free throw shooter than Trent? No, he is. He walks up and doesn't even warm up, and he'll beat us well, up. Okay, so, so what about, now? what if we add Jason Amari? To now this? we've expanded we've the expanded. pool. We've expanded. So four of you who can make the most free throw shoot, sh throws in a row right now. 
Um, in Hawaii, this actually happened. Just, <laughs> we were playing. I mean, why? why Not a million we, bucks on the line. Why can't but we go on vacation and just be on vacation? We got to go find just the court. Can't. Like right. I don't understand it. But so every night we go to the court, and so they, yeah, one night they were just shooting. Jason Mario have this competition. You know, five spots. Well, Mari mm-hmm. steps up, makes her four. Jay steps up, makes her his four, and then Trent gets up off the bench, sitting over there, walks out, and makes five. We're doesn't even need to. Like, doesn't even need to warm up. No, and so we'd never heard the end of it the whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he's the he so would you're be the reigning champ. Still Trent. I have to. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> All good answers. I uh, love it. One of these days it. at practice, we'd like to see a, a showdown between yeah, the okay. two of you. Yep. And so. uh, let's see how that goes. All right, we've got five questions for you, and we'll let you go. You yep. ready? Okay. These yes. are rapid fire. You don't this have to so think Cougar about them. Just look for the first thing you. that comes to your head so everybody gets to know you. We ask every guest these. Um, favorite sports movie? Ooh, Hoosiers. That's it. You know what Doman Brandon was Doman that? said it and Marie, Marie Osmond. Osmond said it. Really? Yes. Yeah, so and I'll say that It's classic. I, I said remember the Titans, but. Of course, it had to be a basketball movie Trent, from what's the yours? Whitings. Field of Dreams. Field of baseball dream. over baseball, there. Baseball, which baseball? if you build it, they will come okay. up. Okay. Favorite band or singer? Ooh. <laughs> Um, we, me and my family have funny songs, but we like Notorious B.I.G. back in the day. Hey, I like, I like, <laughs> wait, there's, is Notorious I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming. No, there's backstory, like, there's this classic band when we go to, um, where is it, Grand America? Yeah. And they play and Notorious they play, B.I.G.? But it's like the, the classics, right? See all the old so stuff, it's kids, big, it's yeah. Biggie Smalls, it's yes, like, it's, it's fun. But you're we, talking about, you're talking about East Coast rap. No, my kids, they go to Walmart, and they have those shirts there, and they buy them, and they wear wow. them. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, so right. I, I moved out That's from New York, and I, all of a sudden, I'm, <laughs> then I was like a Snoop and Dre guy, and my friends back home were, like, they were ready to disown me. Like, you're going West Coast? What's wrong with you? So, okay. So, Notorious B.I.G. I actually kind of love that. All right. Favorite breakfast I try cereal. to get DJ, our resident disc jockey, but also who's our technical director, and, and our music that we play to come in to play hip-hop. <laughs> And, and I keep and, paying DJ to and not. He, he makes them play like ACDC crap kind so of like stuff. He's doubling down on that. So, yeah. But today we had some hip hop tracks coming in. So, nice. in honor it's of you and the family. Been okay. shaky. Uh, favorite breakfast cereal? I like oatmeal. Sorry. What? Still cut oats with honey, almonds, blueberries. Trent, tell me you eat milk. sugar cereal. <laughs> oh, French toast. What oatmeal is with honey. Okay. Like up until this point, everything was great. Everything now I'm a little flying. concerned now, about the oatmeal now all, thing. All of a sudden, <laughs> that's like, healthy. So, what? Um, okay, you gotta have steel cut. It can't just be regular. So oatmeal. you guys, you guys lived in Italy, right? Yes. We, Brendan, and I spent a lot of time in Italy. One of our favorite countries in the world. I know it's yours too. Favorite Italian dish? Risotto by far. Risotto. Can you make it? Yes. You make it good. Yes. That's your thing. I have a lemon risotto I make or a parmesan risotto I make. When I players make. come over to your house, is that what you make? It's a, yeah, it's easy. It's a staple at our house every Sunday. Cool. 12 years over there. 12 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. F- favorite city in Italy? That's not part of this, but I want to know. Ooh. Rimini was nice. It was right on the beach. Really? So that was, yeah. and that, well, and it's where we played, right? So it's right, not right, like a, right. That becomes like home. Like, obviously, we love Rome and did, Venice, yeah. So, So Trent's playing over there, and, and you're there supporting him. Did, did you ever get the notion that, that someday you'd be the head coach at BYU and he'd have to listen to you and, <laughs> and, and support you? No. Here we are. Never. I uh, we went through several <laughs> film sessions and game books though along the way. <laughs> Very it was good. Fun. Very good. All right. Favorite piece of advice from your mom or dad? Um, my dad has a good one. Don't let your highs get too high or your lows get too low. It's pretty good. So it sounds like something of... Lavelle would say. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it Thank does. You. Can yeah. get you through a thirty-four game season. Yes. Right. Because there's highs and there's 
lows, and and uh, it's just the nature of the beast. Yes, it, it is. Yes, it is. Lane had some lows, and he had some highs. <sighs> He's got a national championship ring, but uh, can't wear it because my fingers are too fat. <laughs> Every no, now and actually, then, every actually, now he'll bring it out just did, so there's we evidence. A, we, did a TV right sh- there. we did a TV show a few weeks ago, and it was something about championships. They're like, hey, wear your ring. I said, I can't. My fingers are too fat. But I put it on, and it fit. Yeah. But I hadn't lost any weight, so I don't know what happened. So, uh, What's your prediction for the football game on Saturday? What's your score? Ooh, BYU, 27-17. 27-17. Low scoring. Okay. okay. It's first game. Right. Defense. It's all about yes. D. You know, I, I would figure someone who eats oatmeal with honey would, oh would go with a lower score. Yeah, she's conservative. She's talking yeah. about D. Yeah. Is that? Yep, I get it. Something like that. It fits in. It fits in now now that we know a little bit about Amber. So. Hey, thanks for coming. So it's glad. Good to have so you So glad. To have, we're so excited for, for this new era and, and BYU women's basketball. We'll be there all along the way, covering it, supporting it, broadcasting it. Perfect. We're looking forward to, to working with you. And when, when you announce your class... When you announce your class, when it's when you got some time, we'd love you to come back and yep. and that way we can talk uh, X's and O's with with your daughter and, and the group you're bringing in. Perfect. Yep. And then so. we'll invite the NCAA to listen to us and we'll yeah, all enjoy we the keep, show we, together. What we do on this show is we keep you out of trouble. So, Good. And Good. all the shows we do at BYU. Too. Hey, I, one quick question uh, yeah. from Bluesville: Have you experienced Kids Day yet? And if you haven't, would say earplugs, oh, number no, one. Every time oh. I watch that game on, I would <laughs> it. Mute is it is insane. So and they, they're, they're screaming the whole time with <laughs> nothing going on. It's the pitch. The pitch is so high. <laughs> Somebody I, asked I, me if we could cancel that, and I said no. I can't no, deal it's, with it. It's, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, and those fourth graders are so excited to not be in school. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're it's not even fun. sure it's which teams are half the time. It's a great tradition. But so uh, it'll be fun. All right, we'll see you at practice. Perfect. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Amber. Amber Whiting it. is the new women's head coach at BYU, and we thank Trent for driving her over, her chauffeur tonight. And uh, Jack will get you out the door, and um, and we'll see and, you again. And, it's good and that know. wasn't near as bad as you thought, was it? That's how we roll. Yep. That's how we roll. And we're, I'm so glad to hear that Trent is still the undisputed best shooter in the house. I'll be honest. I wasn't quite sure just reading over things. You know what? I, I kind of always root for the old guy. I, I always, remember I always when, root for the old guy. So Trent comes down here from Utah, and he lights up UNLV for 26. Yes, he did. He was on fire that night. I think that's your career high at BYU. UNLV? Yeah. I think so. I think, and we called it. We called. We called all yeah, the games. Yeah, we called a lot of those. When We're you like, hey, this is Whiting. The best. The best thing about Trent is, is that that there's redemption. Like you can make a bad choice. This is what he proved in life. You can make a bad choice, and then you can redeem you redeem yourself by leaving Utah, coming to BYU. That's right. And wise being a choice star. and being a star. So. All right, all right, Whitings. We'll see you later. Okay. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Great to see Appreciate you guys. It. What a lineup tonight. Yes, yeah, so Coach fun. Whiting, uh, Brandon Doman, and uh, Sarah Watson, the alumni chair in Tampa, as they're getting ready to have a huge weekend with, uh, with BYU fans from all over the country rolling into town. And they got the tailgate. They got a fundraiser going on. And, and go to their Facebook page. All that information is over here to the right on our, uh, on our live stream. Uh, and you can get to, on the Facebook page and and get your tickets. First of all, they've sold out all theirs, so you can go to. Fortunately, it's in an NFL stadium, and um, oh yeah, I'm, and you'll find a seat. I'm not concerned that if you if you just decided today that you want to fly down there and go, you can get a seat. Okay, our picks are coming up for the first week, but first, let's get into superheroes. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks. Uh, 
which BYU football player should be cast as which superhero? And then we'll get you up to date on some of the headlines on campus uh, this day in history, and we'll do our football picks. Um, so we've got – we may go a little past 8 o'clock, we but do not football picks? More. Okay. But you want to do, you want to do the, our – Let's do a few superheroes because okay, we've been talking about it for a yeah, while. Yeah, we were talking about it last All week. All right, cleanse the palate, folks on Twitch who've signed up to a free subscription – and that allows you to interact with us. And everyone else watching on YouTube or at YSGuys.com, you can kind of, you know, and answer these at home. And we'll just do a few. i got a bunch here, but let's just do a few. Um, according to our Google research, yes, all combined Marvel movies have made over $27 billion, So we love our superheroes. Oh, yeah. And that's Ab- just the Marvel guys. Oh, yeah. We're not even talking about, what are the other ones even? like DC Comics yeah, and no, some of those. Do, like Superman Marvel. and stuff. This is all Marvel. Uh, Captain America. Who on the football team should be Captain America? There's about, I think, about seven guys that might make a case. But uh, Captain America has got to be Jaron Hall. Yeah, no question about it. He's the guy in charge. The guy and, in charge, and, and, he, and, and Jaron is... He's like Captain America. He's strong. Um, he's fast. He's old school. You know how Captain America's kind of old school? He's old school. And he's old, old school. Well, he's not that like, old. I mean, he's like goes back to, remember they tried all those experiments on him? Yeah, stuff? oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's old school, old school. Yeah. Jaron's old school. Hey, Painted Cougar, you're way late tonight, but we are That's glad okay. you're with us, and you can still watch this show again Anytime uh, you want. on our site. So, all right. So let's. Uh, what about the next one on the list? So, um, Thor. Who should be Thor on the BYU football? We had a couple roster? of options, but I like I like the choice. Yeah, this one seemed um, pretty cut and clear. Yeah, and we went with Peyton Wilgar. Peyton Wilgar. You could have gone with Ben Bywater too, but if you wanted to. Yeah, you could have gone or Keenan Peely. But we, I, I like who you, I like. Who we went with for Ben Bywater or Keenan Peely, but but we felt like Peyton Wilgar was most like Thor, and you know what? He brings the hammer when he, when he's playing. Oh yes, he does. And you know he had shoulder. He told us yesterday he's bringing the hammer. Yeah, he's, he's he said shoulders feel great. He had off season shoulder surgery. He's feeling a hundred percent. He's ready to go and he's ready to knock some people around come Saturday. He, right. was, he was one of the ones that we talked about that got me fired up yesterday. A couple of DC comic guys. How about Aquaman? Uh, Painted Cougar says Thor should be Mason Wake. Well, that's a good. Uh, you, you know what? It's a good you, candidate. You could you could make a case for that in a cage fight. I'd take Wilgar. I just would. Yeah, because he, yeah, he's a little, yeah, he's a little dirtier. It's a way well, tackles guys. <laughs> Actually, I'm Wake, not sure. Mace Wake might leaps be dirtier and runs away unless he's looking for okay. someone to run over. Okay, so so Aquaman. It seemed like by water, Aquaman because of water. In he's his name, tough. Plus, he's just physical. ridiculously jacked, just yeah. like Aquaman is. When you see him on Saturday and the tight shots on TV and the games on ESPNU, you'll go, man. People guys, make, when he gets so big, people make fun of. Of my arms, like you do, you make fun of my arms. I'm I don't you, make fun of your arms. I I'm, point them I'm out. I'm telling you right now, my because I know they're, they're very important to you. Compared to Ben Bywater, my his arms are like the size of legs compared to my arms. Yeah, but he's got a team around him. Yeah, he to that, that get dude, him get him. Bigger. He's a big dude. So. I right, also from DC Comics, Flash, and I thought about that. Flash, what yeah, do you think? This was I like this Puka Nakua for sure. Because Flash is, um, he's got he can leap, he can he can run super fast. People people can't. They can't tackle him, and, and we saw time and time again. Yep. Puka would make a catch. We showed one on AFR tonight, and the whole team's trying to tackle him. He's just well, and he's and he's going up and over people and around people, and they just can't can't seem to knock him off. Yeah, um, off of his feet. So we thought Flash would be Puka going to go. How about about? the yeah, Hulk? The Hulk. I thought there was just one choice for this. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I think he's six eight. He's three thirty. 
offensive line. Kingsley. He's ridiculous. Kingsley maybe next year, but this he's year. He's ridiculously athletic, as is Kingsley, but that's not who he cho- chose. We chose Blake Freeland as Hulk. And Blake Freeland's a guy that could absolutely be uh, a first-round draft pick next year. They're asking who's Ant-Man. We'll go down the list. We went with Jacob Boren. Jacob Boren Led for the team Ant-Man. in tackles on special teams. Undersized guy. Gets in there, makes it happen. Plays bigger oh, yeah. than he is. Plays way bigger than he is, and has the kind of speed that Ant Man has as well. So uh, let's let's do uh, let's do three more. Um, okay. Hawkeye, Hawkeye's you know the guy who shoots bow and arrows. And I'll be honest, at first I was like, why is a guy shooting a bow and arrow in a superhero, a superhero movie? Yeah. But um, but Jake Oldroyd. First of all, Hawkeye doesn't miss. No, and Jake Oldroyd when healthy doesn't miss. That's why he's called Jake the Make, right? Yeah. So. Let's see. Should we skip skip down and, you know what, we we've got to do this one. You can decide if you want to do some other ones. But Black Panther, I'm interested to know who you folks watch and think would be the best guy to to play the role of Black Panther. Who's Black Panther on this team? We thought it would be uh, we got we went back to the defensive backs, right? And we started looking at because uh, Black Panther is so athletic in the movies, and um, so it had to be a guy who could move around. And, and we told this player. That we had selected him as Black Panther, and he was pumped. <laughs> he actually was like, "Yes!" That's like he's like, "Yes, that is me." He was, he was actually very excited that we chose him as Black Panther. So Malik, who is it? Malik Moore. Yep, Malik Moore of BYU starting. Malik Moore is the guy who had one of the most incredible interceptions last season at Utah State. You know, we cut it with one hand. Yep, right yep. in front of the Utah State bench. His, and uh, it was like his it range, was like a superhero. His range is amazing. The amount of ground that he can cover. We we saw Malik yesterday too, and he was pretty excited to get yeah. get down to Tampa and get playing. So ready to go. Let's go with Superwoman. We'll finish with Superwoman, which we gave to Timberly because uh, Timberly just gave birth to Sylvia, the latest member of the Satake family. Because yep. we had Kalani as Superman, you know, because he's. He does. He's all things for BYU football, and then we thought, well, then Superwoman yeah, has got, to be. It's got to be Timberly. Timberly. So. so there's some more. Maybe we'll get to them on later shows because you know superheroes aren't going anywhere. That's right. And um, as we get to know these players, we're like, you know what? He's kind of got. He kind of reminds me of uh, Spider-Man. Or, by the way, Spider-Man was Jacob Robinson. Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt about those it. those interceptions he had were were fantastic. No doubt about it. All right. Before we get to our picks, let's uh, update on a couple of things. Uh, that we've been talking about. It was the first day of the final day of NFL cuts, meaning the first oh, day of yeah, the yeah. finalizing we gotta, of, we gotta make sure of we the rosters. Them. They went from 80 to 53. That's a, that's a lot of cuts, and there were a lot of Cougars that, that got cut. You know who didn't get cut? Rookie Tyler Algier made yeah, and, the team. And we didn't expect that he would. Um, so And remember, the guys that got cut, um, they have a chance to be re-signed on the practice squad. That's how Danny Sorensen made it. And the, a bunch of guys made it that way. Zane Anderson made it um, uh, at last year as on the practice squad. And these guys, absolutely every one of these has a chance. But All right, so roll out the hit list. Yeah, so here's the hit list. And it was a big, big cut today. So Neil Pau, um, cut by the Bills. James Empey, cut by the Cowboys. Kai Nakua, was let go by the Jets. Sam that was a little surprising because he's not a rookie. No, I, yeah. I, that one actually, that was one that I thought maybe might be a lock, but... Um, I guarantee he's going to get picked up as on a practice squad for right now. Samson Nakua, Chris Wilcox, and Tyson Williams all let go by the Colts Ouch. today. And I thought Tyson thought was going to make maybe it. Maybe he'll get in the practice yeah. squad. 
Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson um, let go by the Chiefs. We thought Zane would make it. Yeah. He had such a good fall. But remember, Zane was on that practice squad and uh, came on and off the practice squad, was activated last year. I bet he's he, he's still with the Chiefs. And then and then Harvey Lange um, with the Patriots. It surprised me, actually. So here are the Cougars that are in the NFL for this season. Zach Wilson with the Jets. Dax Milne with the Commanders. Brady Christensen with the Panthers. Jamal Williams with the Lions, Kyle Van Noy, Michael Davis with the Chargers, Taysom Hill and Daniel Sorensen with the Saints, Sione Takitaki with the Browns, Kyrie Tonga with the Bears, Fred Warner with the 49ers, and as mentioned, Tyler Algier of the Falcons. That's a pretty good crop of Cougars well, and in here's, the NFL. Here's the interesting thing. Everybody you just mentioned that made it is either a starter or a regular rotation and with a starter. Yeah. So Zach Wilson, QB1, Dax Millen in the, in the rotation at wide receiver. Brady Christensen, starter. Jamal Williams, starter or rotating. Kyle Van Noy, starter, absolutely. Michael Davis, starter and potential, you know, you know he's, a, he's an all-star. Um, Taysom Hill, I, do you call him a starter? Because he plays so many different positions, but he's, he's a regular part regular. of what they do. Yeah. Danny Sorensen, you know, he's been a long-time starter with the Saints. I think he's going to be probably the captain of their special teams and, and before the season's over could be a starter. Sione's a starter. Kyrus is a starter. Fred Warner's arguably the best linebacker in the National Football League. And Tyler Algier, if he's not starting, he'll be in the rotation at running back. So, what Steve Young tell us on Sports Nation earlier in the summer? He thought Tyler by week three, I think it was, will be their be the main starter. guy. He'll be their go-to guy. So, And I agree with him. So. Women's volleyball, they're number seven in the country. They are 3-0 and after defeating Ryder Duke and Washington State over the weekend. Host Utah State Thursday, Cincinnati on Friday, and number 10, Pittsburgh, the only team that beat them in the regular season last year. Right. They get Pitt at home on Saturday. All games start at 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV. Yep. And then how about BYU soccer team? They're up to number six in the new coaches poll. Interesting. They tied uh, number 25 Colorado on Monday, 2-2 at Southfield. And then they jumped and then three they spots. Moved up, and they moved up. But, uh, and, you know, I guess sometimes a draw is a good thing. The Cougars are back in action. This Thursday they host Alabama. How about name teams that BYU's playing? They beat Ohio State yep. last year, last week in Columbus. Volleyball team beats Duke, and now we're playing Alabama. Alabama, 7 p.m. Mountain. They host Cal State Northridge on Saturday, 8 p.m. Mountain. Uh, both of those matches will be on BYU TV on the app. Tony Finau, a top 10 finish at the PGA Championship. Finished ninth, won $1.25 million. Wow. Finishes the regular season with $6.1 million for the year, over $35 million for his career, and he's going to play in the President's Cup Coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, and you know there was a golf. It was a golf digest. Whatever golf magazine I get that comes in the mail. He was on the cover. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, named that the uh, what's the what's the word like friendly the most likable player on tour. Like yeah. the the players who the players like the players like Tony Finau most of anybody on the tour. Hey, that's one thing if you're not winning um, and you're not competing, but but this guy's right up at the top of the money list. And uh, and winning tournaments, and he's still the most likable guy on tour. I love that about Tony. What a great a, what a great representative. Has it a, has a great year. We see him at the golf course all the time down here, and yep. and wish him well. Nice to us. Um, okay, let's do some week one college football picks, and we'll kind of keep track on how we do sure. uh, as we move through the season. And this day in history, a couple of birthdays, and we'll be out for this Tuesday, which gets us so much closer to uh, BYU Sports Nation game day on BYU TV and yep, then yep. kickoff of the season opener. All right, so Thursday night, we just picked a handful of games. Yeah, this, the, this And these are ones you can see on TV. Yeah. Central Michigan is at number 12, Oklahoma State on FS1. Yeah, I got Oklahoma State. Yeah, 
That's what I'm going to. Big now, 12. We got to be Big 12 loyal. Next one, West Virginia of the Big 12 is at number 17 Pittsburgh Thursday night on ESPN. Overrated. West Virginia. You're going West Virginia? Yep. Okay, I'm going to go Pitt on that one. Okay. Uh, Friday night on ESPN, Western Michigan at number 15, Michigan State. Michigan State, that's another easy one. Well, you know, it's week one. They're going to get a little tougher here in a minute. All the directional Michigans are going to try to play Michigan State, Michigan. (laughs) On Saturday, on Saturday, on ABC, number 11, Oregon, against number three, Georgia, on ABC. That's in Atlanta. I'm going with Georgia, and I'm sorry, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm curious. To watch that one because BYU is going to play the Ducks in three yep. weeks. Yep. Uh, number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas, who will be in Provo. That one's on ESPN on Saturday. That one is an intriguing one because the Be- Bearcats quarterback is is in the NFL. Right. And, and this is why Cincinnati's got a lot of skill and they're really good. But but that quarterback was the star and the catalyst the last couple of years. So I'm going to go with number 19, Arkansas, who's coming into Provo to play later this season. I'm going to go Arkansas, too, because they're at home. Utah State's at number one, Alabama. We just bring it up because they're playing the number one team. They'll be in Provo later in September. I I love the Aggies, and I know your kids go there, but they had no chance They were all at that game the other day, and I said, hey, look, you figured they would look past UConn. It was one of the worst teams in America last year. Uh, and then they're down slow. 14 to nothing, and then they kind of woke up. But when you got Alabama the next week, and people are saying, you never look over, you never overlook your first opponent, I'm like, yes, you do. It's when human South, nature. Yeah. Did you see Nick Saban? How did he keep a straight face talking about how Utah State can come down and compete? And I'm like, I don't know. He says that stuff, and he knows that it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Number five, Notre Dame at Ohio State. Ohio State's what, number two? Yeah, and I can't believe like what the line is on this, that Ohio State is as big a favorite. 17 and a half. Yeah, I, and I'm going to say Ohio and we're State. We're not factoring in the spreads. We're just saying. I'm going to say Ohio State wins. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see Notre Dame. they got a new quarterback, a yep. new coach, and we'll see, see what they got going on. All right. Saturday night on ESPN, number seven, Utah at Florida. I, I feel like seven is way too high for Utah. They're good, but they're not that good. But I also think Florida's in a complete rebuild, and they don't have the talent they used to have. So I'm in a low-scoring game. I think Utah guts it out and wins on defense. All right, I'm going Florida on that one okay. um, just because of who I am <laughs> and what family I'm in. Um, Albany is at number 10 Baylor. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Now, Baylor's going to win that game, but that's yeah. their tune-up game for BYU is uh, Saturday night they're going to play Auburn or Auburn, Albany in Waco. I say Baylor by, f- by 35 yeah, by 35. We'll have some highlights of that one on AFR. Uh, BYU at South Florida. Yeah, I got BYU big in that one. I went. My pick on uh, AFR today was 34-21 BYU. I have BYU three touchdown favorite. They, they win 42-21. 42-21. Okay, now Monday night, wrapping up week one, number four Clemson at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. That's why it's not at Georgia Tech Stadium, but they're in Atlanta right. where Georgia I'm, Tech is. I think this is going to be an interesting one. Think George Tech is going to give him some trouble. I still think Clemson comes out of there, but it's not a big time win. Clemson has, you know, they weren't that great last year. No, they weren't. And um, somehow they're number four this year. Because um, they always have talent. Okay. Well, that'll be something to watch on Monday night. And then the NFL gets going Thursday. So those and, are and our by, week and, one. And picks. by the way, like, Dabo Sweeney is a good guy. Like, their, their coach, I, I like him. I, I always kind of root for Clemson. And I know they, they're, you know, they've been dominating until last year. Some people hate to 
have a team that's that dominant and they don't play in a great league. The ACC is kind of watered down, but he's a good dude and represents a lot of good things. So I, I can root for him. This day in history, August 30th, we're going to go a few years back. 1682, William Penn leaves England to sail to the New World as the founder of Pennsylvania. Wow. 1967, Thurgood Marshall is confirmed by the U.S. Senate as the first black Supreme Court justice. 1993, the 150th millionth, how do you even say that, 150 millionth visitor at the Eiffel Tower. Have you been there? I've been to the one in Vegas. Oh, that does not count. We've been there. It's pretty cool. 19- the one in Vegas is all right. Yeah, Plus, it's, you know. it's cool. But you know what? The main thing is go into <laughs> that hotel um, called Paris and get crepes, and then it's all yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. So. 1993. How about this? Late Show with David Letterman debuts on CBS. Man, I watched that so many episodes. And the first guest was Bill Murray. I remember I was working at KLAS in Vegas. We were the CBS affiliate. And I remember we finished that newscast and we just stood there to go, wonder what this is going to be like. What's this? Here comes David Letterman. Change change nighttime television forever. And... uh, you know what? And he was he was great. I, I was you know as we get older we kind of lose it. We all will. He did, but in the in the years where he he was just so witty and oh, funny, quick and, and funny. Yeah, he was. Great. And he was great for CBS primetime. Yep. Birthdays today, August thirtieth, seventeen ninety seven. Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. How about that legacy? We all know Frankenstein. Seventeen. There's even a cereal, Frankenberry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seventeen. 17- 97. All right, 1918, Ted Williams, Red Sox fame, big time baseball player. 1930, Warren Buffett, the famous investor. 1953, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge's center, the chief for the Boston Celtics. 1972, Cameron Diaz, my favorite movie of hers is The Mask. The Mask? (laughs) Just because her and Jim Carrey (laughs) together. Hey, uh, on this day in music in 1968, the first record released on the Apple label in the United Kingdom is Hey Jude by the Beatles. I remember Apple Records with the, on the front side, the front of the Apple, and on the back side, the back of the Apple. And Somehow they got Hey Jude. A bunch of, bunch of Beatles stuff on Apple Records. So. That worked out for them. All right, wrap us up with the Lavelle Edwards quote of the week. Yeah, said he'd like to be remembered for the impact he had on the lives of his players. And he said, in this business, we are judged by wins and losses in the media. I don't discount that. But I've never concerned myself much with that, except that it helps me stay employed. <laughs> so he was much more concerned with building young men. Yeah. But you know what? When he was concerned with that, he won a lot of games. Absolutely. So you can have your priorities in the right place and still win a lot of and games. And you can win a national championship. Yep. Your quarterback can win the Heisman Trophy. And the stadium can be renamed after you. If Absolutely. you do it all the right way. Absolutely. He did it all the right way. Next week, we will review what happened at South Florida, and we will preview the home opener against Baylor. We'll take your questions and try to answer as many as we can now that we'll actually be in we'll, a game for our group chat, give and take. And Will Snowden, former Cougar running back, Brian Keel, former Cougar linebacker, and Kerry Roberts, the women's head golf coach, will all be with us. That'll be great. We'll see you next week. Can't wait for Saturday. Oh, I can't wait to break down the game after the Cougs win. Oh, yeah. It's been a long, hot summer. We're ready for September. Thanks, guys. You can watch this anytime at YSGuys.com. Look for clips on YouTube. The podcast will be up tomorrow morning. We appreciate you. Everyone heading to Tampa, be safe. Have a great time. And be loud. And be loud. We'll see you next week.